or another, I'm gonna find you. <laughs> so that's how we're starting off today. Yeah, that's how we're doing this. Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Nightmares Podcast. Uh, we are three Chicago filmmakers uh, sitting around and talking about all things horror and sometimes other things because we tend to trail off. To my left, we have Mr. This is Brandon. I'm Brandon. I don't know why the other two are looking at me. <laughs> and to my right. Hello. No, I think that's his line. <laughs> um, I'm Zach. What's up? The uh, uh, He's awesome. I'll say it this time. Yay! Anyway, so uh, we got a really exciting episode. Um, uh, we are actually going to talk about paranormal horror today. Or, um, yeah, paranormal, supernatural, whatever you want to say. It's going to be an exciting thing. We'll go around the round table. I'll do my question the podcast as I always do. But um, I do want to talk about some interesting things in um, horror movie news. Uh, I actually caught a, uh, came across a really interesting article right beforehand. Uh, Steven Spielberg is getting into the horror game again. Um, or I guess Jaws is still. So is he making the official sequel to Jaws? I got a Spielberg approved uh, version. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like I really hope it is, but no, he's actually. Uh, I, I'm more hoping for the sequel to Duel. Okay, I, I give you that. Where the truck comes back to life, and this time it's Dennis Weaver chasing the truck. <laughs> he he took my family, so now I'm gonna take him out. What is this it? summer? The, you never saw Duel? No, no, no. I'm trying to figure out what is a truck's fan... Okay, whatever. Yep. I don't know. I'm just making some arbitrary random uh, uh, commercial. Any or, or, uh, trailer. This year, he's back for oil. Uh, he's back. Um, uh, so, Steven Spielberg is actually creating a horror series uh, to be released uh, hopefully very soon. Working title is uh, Spielberg's After Dark, um, which, I mean... It sounds- really? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, it's, it, it's, it, it sounds like a strip club where the dancers are dressed like Captain Hook or something. Um, uh, sure, yeah, or other Steven Spielberg characters. I was uh, going to say each one is dressed like a Spielberg villain or character. I just want to see, so who's going to be Bruce? The, oh god. <laughs> That's the one I'm curious about. Who's going to be Private Ryan? The uh, well, that one just speaks. For I was gonna say, yeah, um, <laughs> that could go a lot of ways. But but unlike um, uh, your comic book that you that you try to introduce this, is, this has nothing to do with anything sexual or pornographic. Um, he is actually what? Oh, uh, the, the coming come to me. There's nothing pornographic about that comic. It's I know not porn. I know, but we specifically we... <laughs> talked about how it wasn't porn. No, you specifically <laughs> talked about how it wasn't porn. Me and Mark took one look at the cover and are like, "This is porn." Because <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure Zach and I are demented. But anyway, I went from thinking, I, "Oh, this I, is." I, I just want to point out, hanging out with Mark over the past couple of years. I went from always thinking the horrible, gory side of things to being the dirty, sexual-minded motherfucker like every basic I like, human. I hate it. I fucking hate it. You're I like you're how welcome. with the two of you, you two just immediately thought it was porn, but then we had Vinny over here. He looked at the covers and was like, oh yeah, it's body horror. Like, totally. <laughs> and I was like, thank you, Vinny. You have to have one person on your side. <laughs> The uh, I was gonna say him and Vinny are like twins almost. You understand me? Vinny's the only person we've ever met other than Brandon who saw uh, society Society. out of his own free will. Yeah, like it wasn't. (laughs) What are the odds? (laughs) It's like wait, what? (laughs) 
I think Brandon found his soulmate. It's great. Um, <laughs> big shout out to Vinny. But uh, the uh, but like I said, the the show is called Spielberg's After Dark. It's a working title. I, I kind of hope they change it. But the whole gimmick to this, which I actually think is a pretty damn good gimmick, is that you cannot watch the show during the day. It w- says him. Um, <laughs> it, it will actually, it will actually not allow you to access it. It will access your clock on your phone or your entertainment system based on where you are in the world uh, via the internet. I call and bullshit. There is that, easy ways to break that. Uh, I, I'm sure there is, but that, but that is the whole gimmick, which I actually think is a pretty good idea. It's an interesting idea. It's a fun idea, but it's easily broken. I'm sure it is. Um, I, I, so what's I, it going to be for? Um, it is for uh, streaming service um, Quick Bites. Uh, it's a uh, it's a um, uh, never even heard uh, of another it. one. Yeah. To add to the list, yeah, I guess it's um, uh, uh, Q uh, um which is short for Quick Bites. Uh, apparently, it's a um, a streaming service for uh, for shorts. And how it explains in the article is that um, uh, Spielberg requested that the show only be viewed after midnight. Uh, so, uh, uh, Quick Bites engineers came up with a plan. A clock will appear on the viewer's phones tracking the sunset. The clock also tracks when the sun comes up. Uh, during that time, the show will be unavailable until it is once again after midnight. So, this is like the whole Gremlins thing. It's after midnight somewhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're. you know what? You bring up a good point. Um, the... the the rules of this are definitely interesting. I guess Amazon's here, so uh, okay, delivery man. The um, uh, so we'll uh, we'll definitely. Uh, Hello. I'm sure this is all gonna be. Amazon. <laughs> Where did we leave off? I have no idea. Steven Spielberg, midnight. It's always midnight somewhere. Yeah, it is, and it's always sunny in Doucheville. Um, uh, the uh, that's for the people who wear sunglasses at odd hours. Um, but yeah, that's the Fuck whole. You. That's the whole gimmick of uh, of this particular show is that it's designed to only be uh, to be viewed at night, um, uh, so it adds to the experience of it. Which, from a marketing aspect, that's pretty. It's pretty cool. But yeah, it's very. It is novel and it is a gimmicking a, a gimmicking tactic. Uh, tactic. But um, I mean, you know what though? That's actually a good question, real quick. That we could talk about. Does does watching a horror movie at night and everything else when it's dark in dark surroundings add something to the experience? I would say so. I, I happen to agree. And actually the movie I'm going to bring up um, uh, in our episode tonight, I watched it in complete black. And I've actually watched it during the day. And I can honestly say that there is a significant difference. I mean, And there's a difference with every movie watching it in the dark. As opposed to in the day. Well, I mean, not necessarily in the day, but in bright surroundings. Okay. Because I mean, when you're watching a movie in the dark, your eyes do pick up more details. So it's easier to be drawn into the experience. Okay. That's a good point. That's a good point. The um, But do you think something specific with horror movies, though, and watching them at night or in darkness and everything else does add something to the, you know, to the overall experience of it? Sure. Cool. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I'm just asking. The um. Uh, so I. Anything else, gentlemen, in um, horror, horror movie news? I've got a horror TV show news thing. What? Uh, Swamp Thing's canceled. Yeah. So, folks. Um. Actually, you know what? That's what we should talk about in our film production: contracts and how they're important. 
Well, also, I was going to say, contracts aren't the reason that... Uh, yeah, there are so many conflicting things I'm reading about. Are you finding new stories about it now? It's, All right, break it, break it down. In fact, even today, James Wan took to, I think it was Twitter, saying, I One do not two. understand why this show is canceled. Oh, he knows damn well why. Maybe, but... It, it, no, 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 like, I, it's more than certain that the reason that they're canceling mm-hmm. it is because... This is not what Warner Brothers wanted. Mm-hmm. You know, Warner Brothers wants their cheesy, lighthearted, kitty crap for their fucking streaming services, like all the other DC shit is, or all their live action. But then they stuff. turn the Teen Titans like Ultra Dark, and then Doom Patrol sounds like it's actually staying pretty close Doom, to the comic. Doom, Doom Patrol is just ridiculous. Teen Titans is, well, the little bit I've seen, that ain't dark, it's just bad. Well, I know that they they probably wanted to revamp it in a darker edge compared to the actual television show, the cartoon show. Yeah, but this, from what I hear, I haven't seen the episodes yet, but from what I hear, Swamp Thing is a legitimate horror piece. Yeah, it's a legitimate horror show. Like, they are like, definitely staying true to the roots of the earliest comics. And here's the thing, what the hell did you expect when you got James Wan? That's all he does! Yeah, that, that... And he did do Fast and Furious 7 and Aquaman. He did Aquaman. He did Aquaman. Huh? Okay. Oh. But but the mass majority of his work is horror. Yeah. So and he's actually really fucking good at it. Um, For the most part. It, yeah. I do, it... I do not care for Insidious, but he is a very competent horror director. Um, and yeah, and the first two episodes of Swamp Thing, like I'm the first episode. The first episode was really good, as I said last week, and then the second episode was even better. Um, I was gonna say because of Warner Brothers' announcement, people are ca- people got their subscription for Swamp Thing. Yeah. Now they're canceling it because, well, why keep it? It's gone. Well, the one thing they got to say. Well, your flagship show. I mean, you know, it's like it, the Sopranos. I'm still going to watch the season because I really like Swamp Things. So I'm not going to turn no. away more Swamp Thing, I'm, and I'm not going to turn away the Swamp Thing I'm going to get. Um, but it is upsetting that it's already canceled. Like. Um, Let's actually do do our, our listeners a favor and everything else. Why don't you explain you know what you know about the whole deal? We know we can we can keep talking about it, but I, I don't, um, don't want to keep them in the dark. So take everything I'm going to say with a grain of salt because I feel like every day something else is announced that contradict. Like it's there are so many contradictory reports. Who knows what the who knows what the actual truth is at this point. Um, but yeah, six days after the first episode aired, um, the announcement came that Swamp Thing was going to be canceled. However, the remainder of the season will still air on DC Universe. Um, there was an initial report from a, I believe he was a North Carolina entertainment attorney, or maybe he's an entertainment attorney in general, but he made a Twitter post about how. Um, the first season of Swamp Things allegedly had an $80 million, $80 million budget and they shot in North Carolina and that they're going to originally get a rebate of $40 million, which is pretty much half, half. the budget. Um, and then allegedly due to a paperwork error, they're going to get a rebate of only $14 million. So therefore, they took a much bigger bite than they ex- were expecting and they decided to cut their losses. Um, however, since then, somebody who actually works at the North Carolina film office came out and said, those numbers are very wrong. Uh, our budget for the entirety of a year is only $31 million, and the biggest rebate that we can give to a production is $12 million. So the numbers reported there are absolutely wrong. 
wow. Mm-hmm. And we can't get a million dollars, but these these clowns and everything else can do whatever the fuck they want to do, and yeah, you exactly. know, God knows, you know, do whatever. I mean, and, and, and the, the the point is, is there there is never going there, there's there's no such thing as a forty million dollar rebate. That's a big rebate too. Yeah, there, there's no such thing as a rebate that big from North Carolina is what the point he was making there is. Um, there have also been reports that. AT&T, who now owns Warner Brothers, who of course owns DC, um, there have supposedly been disagreements between AT&T, Warner Brothers, and the producers of the show over the direction that it should take. Um, there are those saying that they just thought the season wasn't good, uh, which, I mean, based on these first two episodes, unless the quality suddenly takes an absolute nosedive, I really don't. I like. I really don't see that in these first two episodes. Yeah, I, I, and um, I, and man, I don't. I don't even know. I've said this from the beginning. I have no idea why AT and T purchased Warner Brothers. I really don't. I work for one of the the major four uh, carriers in the United States. And AT&T has a distinct identity crisis. They have no idea what the fuck company they want to be today. Hmm. You know, like, do I want to I want to sell cell phones today? Sure. I want to be uh, a, a securities company? Sure. I want to be a dish company? Sure. Oh, today I want to be a Hollywood pro- a production company. What, what the fuck do you want to do? You know, I, I, for real. Like, what do you want to do? Now you're involving yourself in a business that you have no, you know, idea what you're doing with. It's like when uh, when GE bought, I think, Universal, um, and then Comcast bought. Which I mean, that that marriage made sense. Yeah. But you know, but you know, when GE bought, it, um, uh, for all the young millennials, that's General Electric, which makes almost all of your shit that you plug into the wall. <laughs> the um, uh, they bought Universal and everything else, and they had a few execs that run multi-billion-dollar power plants sitting on the set every day, trying to give notes to a you know a twenty-year veteran of the business, which is fucking ridiculous. So you know, sometimes those marriages work, and sometimes they don't. When the case of AT and T buying you know buying Warner Brothers, I have no idea what the fuck they're doing. I really don't. Um, they got a strong portfolio in every other business. I think they're just trying to get on top of the streaming service so they can add it to their cell phone and their internet provider portfolio mm-hmm. so they can get it in. But ultimately, this is not a business that they they, they should own a share of this, like a maybe even a um, you know like a twenty five percent share so they can rake in the profits. But they have no creative control. And this is part of the frustration of the finance of this of this business people are in this business that have no right to be in this business and that's where you go into this bullshit of of somebody telling a creative person that has nothing to do with creative how to be fucking creative yeah. oh yeah and there, there are a lot of people in this business that shouldn't be in this business in fact i had a whole rant about rant to <laughs> you about something that i applied for this week i'm which we'll, we'll talk about that later oh, in our production God. half of the episode. Um, oh, the life of a freelance director of photography. Um, but yeah, and Swamp Thing being canceled, I think it's a travesty. And there were reports earlier on, like the season was originally going to be 15 episodes, like Doom Patrol, but then it got down to 13 episodes right before principal photography. And then, of course, there's the infamous goings-on that they shut down production for a week or two in order to retool it for 10 episodes. Um, Still, though, there's no confirmation on whether or not this had to do with budget or about the direction of the show. 
those are the two things that keep coming up though maybe it's a combination of the two because i mean looking at the show it doesn't look cheap like the show looks fantastic uh it definitely was not a cheaply produced show um so maybe it was a budget thing um it is of course very much a horror show so maybe that rubbed some of the higher ups the wrong way who knows but i mean it's dc's swamp thing that's what swamp thing is uh it's like if you're going to uh green light a new nightmare on elm street movie and you don't like it because it's scary it's nightmare on elm street like, you know what you're getting into. I mean, I, I guess to an extent, I understand. I mean, part of me almost thinks that that <laughs> that a lot of these execs greenlit this thing. Oh, it's a comic book movie. It's like Marvel. Like, it's it's like the Avengers and everything else. That's great. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll greenlight that, that sucker and everything else. And then when, when, then of course, I mean, when it came time for the production, they came down and they said, what the hell is this? But that still doesn't make any sense because, okay, it's made for DC Universe. But again, look at Titans, look at Doom Patrol. Those are mature audience TV shows. Even looking at what at the other, like the um, Harley Quinn animated series that's going by the end of the year. Again, mature audience TV show. It's the, but those are like really dark horror. Like from what mm-hmm. I'm hearing... Swamp Thing is a legitimate yeah. graphic. Oh, and, and, and it is towards really the end of the graphic. second episode, Swamp Thing freaking uses the swamp to tear a guy into pieces. Yeah, like they don't. Yeah, it's they're not shying away from so this, from what I'm seeing. That's so probably what's getting them up because for the other ones, you could probably make a PG thirteen. Mm-hmm. Like I assume there's no like really graphic gore or anything like that. Swamp Thing, it sounds like there is like right off the bat. And it, so, and that, but then also DC, unlike Disney Marvel, doesn't really shy away from the R-rated stuff. Like, I mean, even but this is live action. E- the the uh, original cut of Batman versus Superman was R was got an R rating, and they released that on Blu-ray. Um, Blu-ray, not the. I, I know, but then there's still the Joker movie coming out, which that's rumored to gonna have an R rating. Who knows? I mean, the president of DC has come out and said that we're not gonna shy away from R-rated stuff where it feels appropriate. And but there's a difference between R-rated and legitimate horror. That's also true, and then also there's another point as well with this is that this is their new flagship mm-hmm. streaming service which is what the direction of all entertainment is heading towards and that's the reason why i believe why AT&T bought Warner Brothers in the first place and the other thing to, to consider too is the marketing the, the marketing did not shy away that this was horror we've seen marketing before when a studio doesn't either doesn't like the direction of the final piece or wants to hide what the final piece is like there is from what I've seen there's been a full embrace of the horror again James Wan they got the screenwriter of the It remake to be one of the head writers for it they got Lynn Wiseman of the Underworld series to direct the first two episodes um like every every decision every trailer literally everything about the announcement of this up until its cancellation has been fully embracing the horror of it so who who really know like i said who really knows what the real reason is no it's no it's it's Um, like one of the um like one of the reports of conflict uh allegedly again we don't know what's real but i guess one of the reported disagreements was one side of the executives wanted 
liked the singular story that the season is, but then another side of the executives wanted to be more of a weekly procedural procedural type of storyline. Um, so that's not necessarily anything wrong with the horror aspect, but rather what kind of stories are we going to be telling week to week? Who knows? All I know is based off of these first two episodes, the fans are losing a high quality comic book show. And that's ultimately who suffers the most in these scenarios is the fans, the um, people like us who enjoy you know enjoy all that stuff. Um, I, I just I think the, the the other thing the last thing I was going to say was I don't really put Teen Titans in the same thing because this is almost a new a new venture. This isn't the first time that somebody's actually Christopher Nolan made made it famous of taking something that was once campy into something that is serious, and there's a market for that. The same thing with Teen Titans. Now you know you had the the kind of campy animated series, and now we're gonna turn it into a gritty reboot and everything else. So it's marketable, and I think with this thing being you know, right out the gate um, for the first time, there's going to be a little bit more scrutiny on top of it. And all the other fights, in fights, other people, it, it comes down to too many cooks in the kitchen. Uh, you know, yeah. you know, too many people, you know, there, there's not enough, uh, too many chiefs, not enough Indians. Um, you need to have somebody that, that says, okay, this is what, we've already gone down this path. Let's, let's fucking continue to go down this path. So... Also, uh, Mark, your girlfriend, just posted on Facebook uh, where Nickelodeon is going to have a three-episode miniseries revival of Are You Afraid of the Dark? I saw it. I saw it earlier. The um, uh, Thank you, baby. Um, the, uh, the, that's, that's actually absolutely fantastic. Right on cue. Yeah, right on cue. She's fantastic. Um, the, um, I'm super fucking stoked for that. I was a huge fan of the series. Um, I actually, when I was watching it, I felt like I was getting away with something when I was watching it. Like, am I supposed, like, is this for children? The, uh, are we supposed to be watching this? Your dad walks in, what are you watching? Nothing! Nothing! The, uh, is that porn? Uh, no. Let's be honest, though, looking back at it, the scariest thing about the show was the opening titles. Oh, absolutely. Oh, oh, it still, still haunts me. You know what, though, but there's, there's other things that I, I go, I go, wow, this is, I mean... In retrospect of being an adult, like, it's not scary, Mm -hmm. but I can see, like, oh, this is really creepy. I can understand for the audience, and I can understand everything in context. Um, I remember one episode where there was a librarian that would steal children's voices and trap them in a room to work forever, um, uh, you know, to sort books. It was horrifying. Which this miniseries is going to be directed by Dean Israelite. Uh, he is probably most famous for directing the two feature films, Project Almanac and Power Rangers, the, the new Power Rangers that came out like a year or two ago. Which which I enjoyed. Um, Gary Doberman is writing it, which, okay. Uh, again, he was the creator of the Swamp Thing TV show and the screenwriter <laughs> of it. He, wow. He, so he's pretty much writing every horror movie going forward. Well, he's fucking hedging his bets, man. <laughs> it's like, well, the Swamp Thing isn't working out so he's, well. He's so. got Annabelle. He's got Swamp Thing. He's got It. He's got Salem's Lot. He's good, got Are You Afraid of the Dark. Good for him, man. Got a lot, a lot of plates spinning and everything else. If one of the things, you know, goes under. At, at this rate, he'll be writing something for us. <laughs> he's, I can't wait. I can't fucking wait. Like, literally anything horror related, he seems to be writing now. The, which, uh, I mean... Good for him. The, it, Lucky him. Just does everything. He wrote the nun. The Nick Cage for writer for writer horror. 
Doesn't say no to anything. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, whatever it is. Are you afraid of the Dark Revival? Got it. Man. The, uh, I'll rewrite the, Cana- the Canadian show that, that was the same, clearly the same producers of Goosebumps, and they would trade off actors every other episode. Oh, yeah, we're going to take him now. Yeah, uh, dude, it happened all the time. Dude, Ryan Gosling was in was in an episode of Goosebumps, and yep. then immediately following an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, the um, uh, several it happened several times. And I believe Ron Oliver directed for both shows as well. That's awesome. I'm googling who that is. <laughs> okay. he, he directed episodes of Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark. Is that it? Pretty much. Fair enough. And now I'm double checking to make sure that that's the director I'm thinking of. No, oh, don't worry. Everybody will give you shit about it later. <laughs> that, yes, he directed for both shows. Yeah, that that makes sense considering the other things that he's directed. The uh, um, uh, Beethoven's Treasure tra- uh, Treasure Tale. Wow. And most recently, Granddaddy Daycare, starring Danny Trejo. Oh. And we are done with. That and one. we are done with that one. <laughs> So has uh, anybody when, been uh, watching E3? When when Danny... No. So none of you two saw that there's a Blair Witch video game happening? No. That's interesting. Yeah. That's... Is, is it a game where you just kind of walk around? <laughs> they're walking, they're walking. Something about a map. <laughs> I don't know, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> walking. And it's over. <laughs> a lot of people in the audience look pissed. <laughs> Because that's what it was like at the convention. The, uh, oh god, that's great! You ever, uh, you ever see the new Blair Witch movie? You mean Shaky Cam Nine Thousand? Yeah, the first ten minutes or so was some of the worst Shaky Cam I saw, and then we get time travel and aliens. And this one, you get weird shit. Okay, I don't know. And now the director of Blair Witch is also doing Godzilla versus Kong. That's gonna be interesting. And that is he also did the guest. Like I said, a 50-50. I said it on the Laps podcast. He also Corn did Talks. Here Next. He also did Death Note. Coin That's Talks. not a 50-50, man. That's... That's a you jumping into the ocean with a shark and... Yeah, you're gonna see what happens, I guess. You did that, you're fine. Yeah. I did that, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't a great white. And those sharks swam away as soon as I got in the water. The Well, they smelt the evil. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway... Uh, yeah, no, it, it's. You got a cat playing with a plastic bag over there. Yeah, it's it's very distracting. All yeah, of us yeah. have ADD. What? Yeah, it's a kitty. Squirrel. Uh, the yeah, no, it's it's definitely interesting. So, um, uh, in in light of all the other information, like uh, Danny Trejo uh, doing a movie for a paycheck, um, uh, we will move on on to our movie topic. Which is paranormal supernatural movies. Yes. Uh, um, uh, paranormal so. defined as any strange occurrence. <laughs> oh, shit, sorry. You fucked up the mic. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, paranormal defined as any strange occurrence without any logical or scientific explanation. I'm, I'm sitting watching. I didn't even touch it that time. The. Uh... I'm sitting watching TV last night and I'm looking at my messages and then Brandon messaged me with the definition. I'm like, okay, Brandon. I guess I guess that works. Yeah. yeah I, so so I Brandon, since you have the definition, I'm sure you have a few of your favorite picks. So I'll let you go first, good sir. All right. I'm gonna start with uh, so I so first with paranormal. 
Pretty much any haunted house movie falls into that. Pretty much. Um, I kind of tried to stay away from that as much as possible. Um, but probably the one at the top of my list is a 2013 movie called Oculus. And it's about a haunted mirror. Uh, and I actually showed Zach this movie a few days ago. Uh, and I've been talking about it pretty much ever since we moved in together. Um, been talking about it since well before then. Yeah, I mean, it's a really good horror movie. And it's one that I saw no advertising for. I saw the advertisements. They were not good. Yeah, I never saw any. And I didn't hear about the movie until like um, three, four years later, I'd say. Oh, so you didn't even see it while it was in theaters? No. No, I I rented it uh, from Netflix back when I had their DVD service. Wow. Um, Jesus Christ. Yeah. This was when their streaming service was still good. Or like... It was was okay. It was good at the time. This was... This was during my college days that movie came out. So, yeah. Netflix was just fine. But yeah, and it's about this... uh, Young man who just turns 21. He was in a mental institution since he was like 10 years old um, because he shot his father one night after his father allegedly tortured and murdered his mother. Um, His sister offers him to stay with her uh, until he gets back on his feet. But during those years in the mental institution, the sister has been researching this mirror that the family bought when they were kids and owners of the mirror have a history of becoming insane and violent. And so the movie is pretty much her trying to prove that the mirror is haunted. And uh, Zach, uh, as a first time watcher of it, uh, what did you think of it? It was good. Yeah, like, and she gets very thorough in her science of trying to prove that the mirror is haunted like she just has cameras there like the mirror can manipulate what you see so she has all these cameras everywhere because the cameras will pick up what's actually happening Hmm. it's like for example um you could see yourself walking outside but in reality you never left the room that the mirror is in or and the mirror can also manipulate what you hear so, like, you can call for... It's like if somebody gets hurt, you can call for an ambulance. But are you actually talking to the real 911 or just a fake voice that the mirror is projecting on into your subconscious? Interesting. Reminds me of one of, one of my picks. Okay. Um, so, I'm, I'm very, very um, sad. But, yeah, it's it's moving. It's like when you first hear the premise, Haunted Mirror, you're just like, this sounds stupid. <laughs> uh, but then when you watch it, it's like just the way they do it, it it's a real, it's probably one of my favorite horror movies the last 10 years. It really keeps you guessing, especially the way that it blends the past with the present um, in more than one way. Uh, there are times where you're watching legitimate flashbacks. There are times where you're watching the main characters having the past projected in front of them um it's really interesting i was like you never know what's what's going to happen next nice and they do a very good job at explaining the rules of the mirror um some of the rules are explained outright based off of the sister's research and there are elaborations of the rules that you just kind of discover for yourself visually throughout the movie um yeah it's 
one of my favorite horror movies the last 10 years. Nice. I haven't got an opportunity to see it. Um, I remember hearing very similar reviews about how people thought it was going to suck, but yeah. it ended up being it really good quality. does appear to be a love-it-or-hate-it movie. Like I do know people that hate this movie. Really? Yeah, and I, I don't mean they just kind of dislike it or think it's okay. I mean, they outright loathe it. So I don't see a reason I don't hate see the why. movie. It's, it's an alright movie. It, it's nothing they hate. It's If anything, it's kind of in the middle for me. It's like, alright, that was entertaining. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. Okay, right, fair enough. Fair I, enough. I'd call it really, really good. Oh, okay. Um, All right. Really good cast. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Karen um, Gillian before yep. she was... Uh, you know, in all the damn Marvel movies. <laughs> Which, I mean, come on. Nebula is the most complex character in the MCU. One of the better ones, that's for sure. Uh, and then you also have Rory Cochran as her father in the uh, past sen- scenes. Which, if you don't know the name, you probably know him as Slater from Daisy Confused. The uh, long-haired one. <laughs> yes. That was uh, that was something else. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Days and Confused. Um, uh, hey, but did you have any other picks or anything? Uh, that was the big one. Um, uh, I, today I watched The Innkeepers, directed by Ty West. I cut the last 30 seconds of it right when I watched Literally it. Literally the last 30 seconds. Um, he didn't even get to see any of the characters. He just saw an empty room, essentially. I literally saw that. Um, but yeah, it's about these two employees of this little inn um hence the innkeepers uh and there have always been these stories about the inn being haunted and the inn's gonna be closing down this takes place over the last week or weekend of the inn being in business so the two employees decide to just kind of stay there the night themselves and try to document some paranormal happenings uh what i really like about this movie is it's really more about the relationship between the two employees. Like you have the young girl who, you know, she's really interested in the paranormal stuff. Like light, she's, she's like in her late teens, early twenties. So it's, you know, she's in that life is still new to her stage. Whereas the guy she works with is somebody who this is really just a job. To, like we, we've all had coworkers who are like, him. like, he's, kind of sarcastic but he's not like the sarcastic character um it's just kind of like i really don't care kind of person (laughs) (laughs) just say whatever the hell you want it's like i just want to come in here and collect my checks um because like there there is a conversation where she has with him and she's asking him like do you ever wonder like what your life would have been like if you didn't drop out of college and he's like, yeah, I mean, there's a reason why I'm working here, isn't there? Isn't it? Like, he's that kind of person. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a slow burn horror movie. Um, yeah, and I'd actually say the interactions between the two employees is more interesting than the actual horror part of it. And of course, you have the guests checking in during the last weekend. Like, there's an old man who checks in just for the nostalgia of being in the honeymoon suite that he was in. Uh, there's this woman and her son that are staying there. And the woman uh, always has these demands and everything. that's like always needs more towels. And like, I guess the, the uh, young woman employee played by Sarah Paxton, uh, Bill Paxton's seventh cousin, according to the IMDb trivia page. She also looks like Reese Witherspoon. She does kind of look like Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. 
Um, she tells this woman's really young son, like this really gruesome horror story about this woman who hung herself after her uh, fiance stood her up at their wedding. And, you know, yeah, you can probably guess that the kid's mother wasn't too happy about that. Um, yeah. And I, I like to describe the innkeepers as paranormal activity if it were filmed as an actual movie not as a found footage film and if it were an interesting location and if it were good (laughs) shots fired um but no this is one of those movies that it it does prove that the location really does make the movie sometimes of course of course um like i mean even just looking at our first episode of living nightmares um, we had a really nice house to film in and it's like, I, I do not think it would have looked anywhere near as good as it did if we had a crappier location. Um, I was even, Zach was even editing my demo reel a couple days ago and I had some shots from a dentist office commercial that I shot pretty recently. And the office is like one of those locations where it's like, you have to try hard to get a bad shot here. Uh, you remember those shots, right, Zach? Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I mean, some, like... And you were not kidding about yeah. that. Like, it's... That place was, like, high-tech future, like, the yeah. dentist of the DSX universe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, if you have a good location, half your job is done for you. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, it really is. And it was, and the Innkeepers was actually shot at the end that it takes place at. Nice. Uh, so really good production value there. A uh, really good pair of actors in the leads. Uh, really good director, Ty West, which I wish he would make more movies. Uh, he also did a movie called House of the Devil, which takes place in the 80s and is about a house sitter. Um, that's all I'll say. Uh, another slow burn. He also directed Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever. <laughs> Which he has since disowned because the producers both re-edited and re-shot most of the movie without his knowing. And he actually tried to get the Alan Smithy credit, but since he's not in the Director's Guild, that was denied, so he didn't get that granted. Uh, He's also directed a few episodes of some horror TV shows like the Scream TV series, Wayward Pines. Um, There's that new Netflix series with Uma Thurman that he directed a couple episodes for. Um, and he also directed a Western with Ethan Hawke and John Travolta called In a Valley of Violence, which I actually think that's his best work. Uh, I actually got to meet him at a screening of that movie a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, The Innkeepers, definitely a slow burn horror movie, but an interesting one. Um, and then, uh, of course, Poltergeist is a classic with paranormal horror. Oh, of course. Um... And all the and oh my god, and then you know talk about another. You know, and I love the behind the scenes of of Jaws and all the, stuff, the shit that went on there. I was gonna say Poltergeist a, is a, a lot of shit. Horror story. A lot of shit went on there. Stephen Spielberg was like, "Fuck it, let's just use real skulls. It's cheaper." That that, that happened. Those were real skeletons. No, no, no. Like I said, like the behind the scenes for that movie is its own horror film. I mean, what? It, like half the cast is dead. The the house. I think the entire cast is dead. Not half. The the house. The, the mother's dead. The daughter died, died really quickly. The the youngest the the, the little girl died, yeah. and then the teenage girl died too. She got murdered by a boyfriend. They, he was a sociopath and strangled her and everything else in her fucking backyard. Yeah, it's like it's, the, the Indian the Indian, Native American guy died in a car crash. 
Um, uh, that uh, fucking uh, movie was cursed. Dr- Dr- oh my god. The, um, like, that is arguably the most cursed movie in existence. It, it, you know what? It has to be. You know, it, it has to be one of the... the, the I mean, next, like, next there's to the, the Superman Exorcist. curse, there's the Exorcist curse, and then there's the Poltergeist curse. And then you go, fuck, which one? Which curse? The, uh, there's like five of them. The, um, I mean, what, I mean pretty much everybody just died. died. The, ho- the set burned down, what, twice? Was it? Yeah, it got struck by lightning. Tw- wait, twice? I, 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 I was gonna. I, 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 I know, believe it. <laughs> I know. I know it happened at least once. I'm being sarcastic, but uh, the um, I know it happened at least once. Got struck by lightning, um, and then there's a couple other things that happened yeah. on that thing. I just know that the big the big controversy was them using real skeletons in yeah. in the whole whole swamp. Which thing. hey, props to them. I mean, I think it was on loan from that, like that one is of the some. Cow- Authenticity to the max. Yeah, one of the colleges and everything else had them on loan and everything else. Like the ones that you know you donate to science yeah. and everything else. The um, uh, hey, if you can use real bones, screw it. Why not? It's awesome. The uh, it's. It, I mean, for science purposes. Yeah. 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 How that works. The uh, no bones were harmed in the making of this movie. Six de- um, to uh, young cast members and everything else. I'm actually reading um all the. Yeah, it's um I mean you know a movie has had a rough production history when I mean Poltergeist is one of the most iconic horror movies of the 1980s and there's like no bonus material on the DVD and Blu-ray <laughs> like at all. There's an entire documentary by E. Halley True, uh, True Story called The Curse of the Poltergeist. Yeah. Nice. The, I mean, so, like, there's literally a... Like, like I said, the, the behind the scenes for that movie is a horror movie and all in up... Yeah. All on its own. Yeah. It, it, it's truly, uh, you know, an insane like, thing. There's the disaster artist, and then there's the poltergeist. <laughs> Somebody call James Franco. I will, you mean the room? I will, I will take the uh, I will take the room over more of anything. And then another of my favorite paranormal horror movies would have to be uh, John Carpenter's adaptation of Stephen King's Christine. Yeah? Haunted Car. Yeah. I, I, no, it's actually actually a great one. Yeah. Uh, freaking beat Terminator 2 to having Bad to the Bone in its soundtrack. I, I remember ah, uh, ah. there was a day where I was watching it and Zach came home from work and that song was playing from the movie, and he thought I was watching T2, but nope, Christine. It's kind of like when you hear the opening beat under pressure, and then it turns out to be Ice Ice Baby. Oh, that's one of those heartbreaking things that can happen. <laughs> yeah. The, um, it's certain. <laughs> it's just like, oh. Oh, it's, it's like a roller coaster. Huh? Oh. <laughs> the, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's, those are all, actually, those are all fantastic picks. Of, of course, Poltergeist being my favorite out of all of them, though. Um, uh, the uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Um, Zachamus. Okay, uh, for me, I'm gonna start with probably the most unique one I've seen in the past ugh, fucking forever. It follows. Anybody ever see that one? You know what? Yes, I, I I didn't. I didn't get a chance to see it. I loved it. The, it the, pretty much the premise is demonic STDs. Yeah, I, I mean, I knew the premise of it and everything else. It certainly sounded interesting. Brandon is very under-impressed right Look, now. I, I'm just like, okay, this can only be great. <laughs> so pretty much, you get laid, and then this demon just constantly walks towards you trying to kill you. It doesn't run, it just walks. That's it. And if it catches you, it kills you. If you fuck somebody else, you pass the demon on to them. If the demon kills that person, it comes back on to you. It's 
it, it's it's a beautiful premise. I it, love it. The premise is great. I uh, thought the execution was fine. I, all right. So, and, and I also want to acknowledge something. It literally takes the horror cliche of "don't have sex" in a horror movie to a whole nother degree. Oh yeah. Like you know, like now it's you know. Like don't have sex because you know, uh, you know, because you get killed by the killer. But now, nah, it's like there's an STD demon out there. Don't have sex with anybody because you might get demon crabs. I mean, if you wear a holy condom, I guess that's blessed by a priest. But sprinkle some holy water on there. What you doing, baby? Can you hand me the loop? Nah, baby, I'm gonna get some holy water. Hold on. <laughs> the, uh... the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> Bless my penis. <laughs> oh, that's a short film we have to make now. <laughs> Uh, Wait a minute. You have the It Follows STD? God damn it. All right. Uh, somebody call the priest Mark. Be gone from the demon. Be gone from the vagina, you demon. <laughs> Leave this holy place. <laughs> somebody start writing that one. The We're power doing. of Christ compels you. Please tell me we have a priest uniform on standby. <laughs> If not, I'm buying one next weekend. Oh, Holy shit. That, that right there is more entertaining than the actual movie. Oh, ayo. Look, I thought the movie was very entertaining. It's a simple concept in a simple movie. I, I loved, loved the first half. Okay. I loved the entire movie. Uh, and for me, it's... Uh, the first half is great. Like, the, the premise was great. The setup was great. That first death you see at the very beginning is freaking horrifying with the girl's body all twisted up. I'm just like, ooh. Um, well, okay. I, that, that alone, I'm, that, that is arguably one of the best shots in a horror movie in the last ten years. I'm, you think so? I think so. Okay. That was a really good shot. And actually, it's the DP of that one is the same guy that shot John Dies at the end, Split, Glass, and Us. Uh, yeah, he definitely has a future ahead of him. Um... That is if he doesn't go full crazy. But yeah, it's <laughs> there's a lot of good imagery in there. The music was great. It's very John Carpenter-esque. Um, I don't know. I just can't get over the ending. And I don't have the same complaint that a lot of people... A lot of people say that the ending doesn't make sense. Uh, the ending does make sense. I just didn't like the way it was presented. Like To me, I felt like it was presented as... I don't want to spoil it, because a lot of people do yeah. really like it, and I don't want to take that away from it. It's one of those movies where but, if you haven't seen it, supposedly it's going to be one of those movies you either really like or you don't like. I think most people like it. Brandon is actually the first person I met that doesn't like it. There's something that they do to the demon at the end, where I'm just like, you already did that to the demon at the halfway point. Why would you think it works this time? And then, of course... Uh, there's like the final reveal that it's still I guess light spoilers it's still following and just the way it was presented I felt like it was presented like it was a twist or surprise like a final twist or surprise before the credits and I was like no like like, it it makes sense but the way it was presented just felt like they were trying to make it more of a surprise than it really was and I just kind of felt like I was being talked down to as an audience member during those last few minutes uh, it just kind of soured my experience of the movie. Um, I thought it was just simple and it, it told the story I wanted to tell. I'm like, okay, that was fun. The uh, I get that. Yeah. And I'll, I'll eventually watch it again because I and Zach, you really like it. Justin really likes it. Um, and, and, and one thing that I, like I, to- I know enough people that really like it that eventually I will give it a second chance. Um, 
it's not it's not high up on my to-do list i guess for me another thing is it was also a new and unique idea that's another thing i love if you have a new and unique idea to add to like a horror film by all means nine times out of ten i love it because you know we have a lot of oversaturated shit these days and i've never seen demonic stds before so sure night of something strange okay i haven't seen it yet justin told me about it it's supposedly like uh demented std nice all right that sounds like another fun one yep okay to add to the list add that to the list uh yeah teenage friends out for beach week get unexpectedly detoured to an isolated motel where a deadly std virus now runs rampant turning those infected into the living dead Nice. So, an STD that turns you into a zombie. Mark, uh, for our listeners, would you like to describe the poster? Um, I'm getting some real large coming me vibes over here. The um, uh, There is a giant ten- tentacle leaving one of the zombie's vaginas. That is, in fact, happening in this particular drawing. And she is going around several different people. It's a very long tail of some kind. Um, uh, it seems to stretch quite a bit. Um, uh, that is, that is in fact, something. Well, it is the night of something strange. It, it, it doesn't get much more strange than that. No, not really. The uh... <laughs> I like how that's kind of become a tradition where I, I give Mark a picture to describe. And and then I describe it in, in very much honesty, which by the way is a that's that's actually a pun um, on things and everything else. That's that's a that's a, a phrase for going out and going to get laid. Like I'm gonna go catch some strange. Are you fucking serious? Not not joking at all. That is an actual. phrase. I first learned that from South Park. The uh, I'm gonna yeah, go catch I'm, I'm gonna go catch some strange. Um or, or, or you know, um go that. dance. That sounds stupid. Anyways, um, yeah, um, but yeah, that's that's definitely uh, you know go party on the wild side. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that, that's that's definitely interesting. Yeah. Zach, next movie. Uh, next movie. Anybody yeah. ever seen Thirteen Ghosts? Which one? I I uh, saw oh. the remake a long time ago on HBO. Okay, hold uh, the, on. The one with Matthew Lillard. That's the one. I yes. Saw. Okay, <laughs> that's an interesting one. I. Uh, I love that it, damn it's, movie. It's it's an interesting one. That is a very entertaining movie. The, the effects quite haven't hold up. I think they hold up moderately well. It's Moder- all practical. I don't, there's very little CG in that. So it's an interesting concept. I mean, if I remember correctly, the whole um, he's trying to bring back his daughter or his wife. Wife, I believe. Wife in this. No, and no, no, else. no. Pretty much, um, he has no idea that his wife is one of the ghosts and everything like that. And he's brought into this place told that you inherit this place because your uncle died and whatnot. But real, the whole point of it is it's the uncle's trying to sacrifice everybody and open a gate to hell, if I remember correctly. Ah. Who's Matthew oh, Lillard in, this, in, this, in, in that scenario? The accountant. Oh, yeah, that's right. Who's okay. also trying to destroy the place and just be like, no, fuck this. <laughs> and Matthew Lillard does Matthew Lillard things. And he's great in it. The, uh, well, I enjoy Matthew Lillard. Yeah, like, Matthew, awesome. Matthew Lillard is one of those people you either enjoy or you don't. You know? I don't know how you can't enjoy him. I, I totally agree. The um, yeah, it was an interesting movie. It was fun. Um, uh, there's nothing particularly wrong with it. Um, I, I love all the ghost designs. 
He actually has a lot of ghosts. Weren't they supposed to, you know, each ghost was supposed to represent something. They were supposed to represent something. They they also had their really dark and unique backstories and everything like Correct. that. E- enough to the point where you could even make a movie off of each of those ghosts, which I kind of wish they did. But this is back in the day where it's like, you make a story and it's done. Yeah, nice they, and simple. Yeah, no, no, no expanded universes at yeah. that point, kids. You just keep it simple, which is fine. I still love the movie to death. The uh, my, no, it, it's actually it's a fun movie. Um, it's not my first choice, um, but it's certainly a, a fun movie. I barely remember it. Like I remember like an image here and an image there. Um, all I really know about it is it came at this time when there was a production company trying to remake old William Castle movies. Mm. Um, most notably House on Haunted Hill was one of them and 13 Ghosts was the other. I don't think they ever got to make any more. Um, but yeah, I, I remember, um, they had to wear like these glasses or something in the movie. That's the only way you could see the ghosts. Yeah. Which that's pretty funny because for the original 13 ghosts from like the early 1960s, um, what it was, what, like the thing about William Castle is all of his movies had a gimmick. Like House on Haunted Hill, he had skeletons on these railings that would fly through the audience. Um... Mr. Sardonicus, like at the end, he would actually interrupt the ending uh, and he'd have like the audience take a vote on whether to show the villain mercy or no mercy. And it would like he would pretend on the screen like he's counting the hands and it was like, OK, you chose the no mercy ending. There was never a mercy ending. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah, it's uh, stuff like that. Uh, in fact, I, I showed you a mat- matinee with John Goodman. Oh, that, that movie mat- was great. Yeah, John Goodman's character in that is based off of William Castle. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, the gimmick for 13 Ghosts was there are like these paper glasses, these paper red glasses that you would wear. And if you wore them, you could see the ghosts on the film. Hmm. Yeah. So that that's... Kind of funny that that's how they incorporated that into the review. That, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I I actually um and uh, one of my, one of my movies is actually House on Haunted Hill, um because I have a few. Go, but yeah. Zach, what else you got? Uh, all right, uh, two more. Next one is Insidious. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought that one was again. It was another unique kind of dream. It it took the dream idea and it did it in a different way and it also did it in a fun way. And also, I thought the demon in the movie was fucking awesome. A great combination of Freddy Krueger and Darth Maul. Like, look at that demon. I'm like, that was the first thing. I'm like, holy shit! They actually combined the two characters. That's awesome. But yeah. Awesome. And then, um, uh, the big one, The Exorcist. Uh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. The um, I don't, th- I, I don't think we can you know talk about, about any more about The Exorcist. It hasn't already been said about the fucking Exorcist. They, uh, there's a reason why it is what it is. The um, beautiful movie. Oh my god, super well back. Did, did I ever tell you guys the, the story about my uncle Tommy back in the day? He actually saw it in the theaters. I, I never told you this story. Okay, no. so my uncle, my my uncle Tommy. It, uncle for you know italians and everything else we have a lot of extended family so everybody's everybody's family doesn't matter your friends whatever friends close friends everybody's family mm-hmm. so he uh he, um, so you guys are family too the, yeah the hey! you're, you're totally italian Mark. yeah yeah that's that is a very italian thing to do but my my uncle tommy um goes to goes to see the movie back when it was in the theaters and um, at the time, um, uh, his mom and several of the ladies in the neighborhood, they're all Catholic, 
um, and they would have um, prayer meetings, uh, and they would actually have a statue of the Virgin Mary that would get rotated between house to house. They'd do a couple like um, Hail Marys and everything else, and a little prayer meeting, and then they have cake and coffee. It was a, it was a big thing in the neighborhood. Uh, so she happened to have a statue that, uh, that week. And back in the day, a lot of people go through the kitchen, which is the back door, and then there's the front room, um, uh, in the uh, in the front room, and Tommy, Uncle Tommy walks in, opens up the back door, and and his mom is sitting at the kitchen table having a cup of coffee and a cigarette. The, the ladies had just left, and um, she's, oh my God, Tommy, how how was the movie? And he's got a white face on. He's not even looking at anything, and, he's, and he says, and and he just he looks at her with a deadpan. Then looks at the Virgin Mary, and then looks back at her and says, "How long is she gonna be here?" And, 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 and she said, "I don't know until the end of the week." Good, I'm sleeping under her tonight. <laughs> the um, uh, so and then actually, my nana went to go went to go see it too, and she had actually read the book beforehand, and um, she actually went and saw the matinee beforehand. And there was, um, uh, <laughs> they were talking about people having heart attacks and everything else because no one had ever seen anything like that. This, um, the book was actually based on a um, stolen files from the Vatican. I don't know if you guys know about what went on behind this. The, yeah. the, like the true story. The true story. It, it, the, somebody stole actual documented cases from the Vatican because the Vatican didn't want to tell anybody about this shit. So they went to go see it at a matinee. And they walked out, and and there was, um, and they were talking a little bit about about the movie. Oh my god, that's so shocking! And they they said, I can't imagine what it'd be like for someone like an older couple to go and see this and everything else. And she turns around, and there's an older couple, probably in their seventies, and this is in the seventies, and not saying a word, just just beelining towards the exit with frozen faces on. I mean, you know, the the cultural impact that that movie had is, you know, that's why I always find it funny that sometimes the stories behind the scenes in the movies are sometimes better than the movies themselves, and that's when the life and art, you know, um, kind of mix, which is a it's a fun little place to be. The um, Exorcist is probably one of those movies I would love to go back in time and just watch people's reactions for. Oh God, because that be movie affected so many. Everyone in my family, my grandmother and my mother especially, they were freaked the hell out for weeks, like. My mother and my grandmother went to see it. They looked up at the house in the apartment. They're like, those lights are off. They called my aunt. She was living somewhere else at the time. They had her come over and just go throughout the entire house, light up candles, turn on all the damn lights. They're just like, no, fuck that. Folks, and by the way, (laughs) this was in the 70s. There were no cell phones. They went to a corner fucking payphone and then called their aunt to come over to the house to turn on the damn lights. The um, that's the craziness of this. My grandmother refuses to watch it, and it still scares the shit out of my mother to this day. Oh, that's 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 super fantastic. Um, all yeah, right. The first time I watched it, because I that's one of those movies she never showed me, and it was I think it was like I don't know thirteen or fourteen. It was me, my mother, my grandfather who just didn't give a damn, and my buddy Justin. My mother's cowering under the covers. My buddy Justin, as soon as, you know, the backwards crab walk down the stairs, mm-hmm. it terrified the shit out of him. He left. He went to go watch that 70 show in my room. And I'm just sitting here giggling like a schoolgirl, especially when she started stabbing herself with the cross. I was cracking the fuck up. Everybody just looks at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How is that not hilarious? 
the uh, and then that's when they found out Zach was a little different. Um, <laughs> she's stabbing herself in the vagina with a cross, screaming "fuck me," and that, then that, she puts that her wasn't mother's a stabbing Zach. That was something else. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she grabs her mother's head and put, I'm like, what? The uh, it, it, yeah, that movie was definitely all bets are off. Jack. That movie was hilarious. The, like. Kids today, they'll sit there and laugh at Dude, it. I swear to God, he's like fucking Beetlejuice and everything else. Remember when Beetlejuice was right? When I showed it to him again pretty recently, he was pretty into it. Oh, well, that's because I was watching the movie as like, you know, a film, just everything else. But back then, I was a kid. I was just like, this is funny. Dude, I, and, all I can think then, of... And then like a day or two later, he begged me to show him Exorcist 2, the hair Oh. That movie... Okay, here's the thing. That movie started off, okay, okay, I'm into this. This is good. Okay. That's a stupid name. You're still going with this. Okay. What? Uh, hey, James Earl Jones. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> and what wh- what happened? And, and it's, it's over. over. <laughs> the uh, we should watch the third one tonight. Th- third one's pretty decent. I want. I, I still. That's the, that's dude, the one I still need to dude, see. Hey, dude, all I can think of when you're talking about the fucking Exorcist is the, the is the rant that fucking Beetlejuice had and everything else. When he, it's like it's like what are your qualifications? Oh well, you know, I, I studied at Juilliard very extensively. Um, I've watched The Exorcist a hundred times and it keeps getting better every freaking time. Not to mention you're talking to a dead guy here. <laughs> Zach is secretly Beetlejuice. Um, uh, Michael Keaton. Uh, the, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're twins. We just don't tell anybody. Oh, God. Nice fucking model. <laughs> God, that's one of my favorite movies ever. <laughs> ever. The, uh, I, I still maintain Christopher Nolan's Joker was his Heath Ledger doing the Beetlejuice voice. Yeah, there are some scenes where you, you can really hear it. Yeah. I I disagree, but that's, oh, but, that's but, but but moving on, life goes on. Yeah. So is that your last? Was that your last one, Zach? Um, fuck it, one more. Um, not Bruce Campbell's Evil Dead, but the reboot remake of Evil Dead, which was which was something, which is called Evil Dead. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to the Evil Dead, which is awesome. The, they're uh, they're both awesome for entirely different reasons. The main reason I love the um the reboot uh, uh, Evil Dead is because that was one of the best movie going experiences you, you, I ever had in my life. You talked about you talked about it in another podcast. Yeah, and just some very beautiful gore effects. But anyways, yep that that's all for paranormal stuff off the top of my head. Yeah, that's uh, that's definitely it was a good one. I actually enjoyed it. Oh, um, it was oh my god. It, it was way more fucking violent though than the, the original though. And was, I loved every second of it. I remember Jeremy Johns had the best thing, like best saying about that. He's like, he's like, it makes everyone in other horror movies look like bitches. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you know, he, 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 people are like, oh, I heard a strange noise upstairs. Like the pe- the things that happen to the people in these movies are awful. Like terrible things happen to people in these movies. You know, you know, these people like. The people from other horror movies, again, look like bitches. Oh, I heard a strange sound. I'm like, these people are getting hacked to pieces. Get the fuck over it. The um, uh, It is a really damn shame that one didn't get a sequel. I was actually looking forward to wherever they were going to go next with it. I'm glad we got Ash vs. Evil Dead instead. I'm, I'm glad we got Ash vs. Evil Dead. I, I would have loved both. The And then that director went on to do Don't Breathe. Nice. Good movie. Yeah. The, uh, and then also he did The Girl in the Spider's Web last year. Oh. Did anybody see that one? I did no. Not. I did not want to. The uh, So, 
So that being said, Nunez, I'm gonna get to my uh, my picks. Um, Gee, I wonder what Mark's number one is. Um, it might not be what you think. Um, it's it's definitely up there though. Uh, you you know exactly what movie I'm gonna talk about. Is it Paranormal Activity? No, it's not. Actually, I have among I've seen a lot of those those movies, and actually, there's one that that in my opinion you may guys disagree, but actually stands above all those other movies. Similar concept, but actually really well done. I really got into it. It's a paranormal it's in the same vein as a paranormal activity. So it's not one of the paranormal activity it's movies. Not, it's, it's, not, it's, it's still a found footage it's movie. A, it's a found footage movie to some degree is actually unfriended. Never saw it. Really? Yeah, I I, I You watched that. I did okay. Here's a th- I don't even know what that's about. Like, okay, I, remember, I remember seeing the trailer for the, it. Um, uh, it, it. Okay, so here's... I actually made the same face as you did and as you did and everything else. I was like, this movie's going to be... Describe it. our faces, Mark. It, 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 well, you have shock and you of that... Like, oh, you watched that. The um, uh, And actually, the funny thing is that it was really... It actually had fucking tension to it. The premise of the, mo- the, the movie is, is it's entirely done... In in a Skype function. Okay. I'm getting a call from the West. Should we answer? Ooh, Ooh. do we put him on speakerphone? I kind of do want... we make him wait? I kind of want to. Well, Wes, you are oh, on, on the podcast. Hold on, hold on. I have to call him hold back. On. Oh, he... hold on. I'm going to say something. Hello? What do you want, bitch? <laughs> what the fuck is up with all this Final Fantasy shit? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait, that's right. E3's happening. Wes, you're on speakerphone on our podcast right now, just so you know. Yeah, it's like it's not like you're interrupting anything. Well, every single game is... <laughs> he just goes the fuck off! Fucking Final Fantasy. <laughs> Dude, that's probably going to be the last thing they show if that's the case. <laughs> Wes is disappointing. Did find, did Something f- different is coming on. Something different. Please do not give us a play-by-play right now. This is going till 9 o'clock, right? Uh, give or take, maybe a little bit over. I, I think the conference is... a little bit over because I came here for fucking Avengers and that shit better come on. <laughs> What are you going to do, Wes? Are you, are you going to go and, uh, you know, maybe cause havoc in the streets? Maybe perhaps... Maybe, maybe, I would want, want someone to give me my life back because I watched, like, a whole hour of, like, ten different Final Fantasy games. Jesus. It, it must be crazy out there. I don't know how Square Enix is still doing that. That blows my mind. The only Final Fantasy game that matters is Seven right now. All remakes. Of course. The uh, alright, well, how would you guys go? Yeah, love Sorry, you too, dude. pumpkin. Oh my god, <laughs> don't 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 cause a ruckus. Good luck on the podcast. All right, bye. I'll talk to hey, you at work tomorrow. Uh, hey, hey, yeah, uh, Saturday, we should all do uh, Brookfest. Done deal. Bye. Right. So Ripfest this Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. We d- will be there. Don't 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 steal a car, buddy. Anyway. Um uh, the anyway. Which, um on the note of Final Fantasy, 
the only Final Fantasy that matters is Spirits Within. Oh my. Okay. That movie wasn't terrible. I'll never understand. I enjoyed the movie. Why do people hate that movie so much? I don't get it. You know, there's 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 Final Fantasy, and then there's that goddamn Titan AE movie. That's a movie people should hate. You ever see I, that crap? No. I enjoyed Titan AE. Oh my god, my buddy loved that movie so much, he'd play it all the fucking time. Okay, it's not that good, but it's an enjoyable movie. To him it was! Okay. It was so annoying! But why do people hate the Final Fantasy? You know, I need to rewatch that movie. I need to see why, because I haven't seen the movie in like 10, maybe 15 years. And I know it was, a, I remember it being awesome. It was right. awesome. It's because you like Alec Baldwin. Right. Alec um, Baldwin was in it? I believe he was. That is fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, this is no longer a horror podcast. I hope you realize that. Anytime the Baldwin's involved, any Baldwin actually. How many Baldwin's are there? There's like four. There's oh my really God. only one that matters. Well, yeah, that's true. Guinness? Yeah, we've got Alec Baldwin, Steve Buscemi, Ving Rhames, Donald Sutherland, James Woods, Keith David, Gene Simmons. Wow. Wow. I, I, I want to know this. I know, okay, I can actually remember Steve Buscemi. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And um, that one girl. Can I remember her name, though? Steve Buscemi's okay. awesome. Uh, anyways, uh, what the hell were we talking about? Um, we were talking about uh, horror Unfriended. movies. Unfriended. What is the premise of Unfriended? Okay, so the the premise of Unfriended is um, it, um, is essentially at the start of it. It you, they show a lot of different clips of social media and everything else, and they show different clips of a girl being horribly, horribly fucking bullied, like to the point where where people are telling her to fucking kill herself, and she does the um, uh, and they film it. Um, and that's the, the, basically the start of the fucking movie. Uh, and... That's freaking brutal. And, and the, and then the, 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 then the movie transitions to a Skype call where another girl is calling in several of her friends and it's all done on Skype and all of them get fucking picked off one by one by the spirit of the fucking girl. She literally chimes into their Skype messages and then starts messaging all of them yeah. and saying... You need to confess to doing this. She tries to con- make them to confess to doing this, and, I, and, yeah. and they get controlled by her and die in horrible ways. One, the fat kid sticks his hand into, in a fucking blender, um, and the one kid get, goes out in traffic. So like, does it possess them? It possesses them. Yeah. The um, and actually the cool part about it is 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 that is obviously the deaths are good. There's a lot. There is a lot of stereotypes with the story. There is you know your fat your fat dumb guy your your jock all that stuff, but there is actually a lot of like. Good performances and and some really fucked up shit that they all have to admit to each other. Was it rated R? Um, oh yeah, very much rated R. That um, helps. The um and there's okay. there's actually one in slight spoiler alert. There's one scene where a kid, um, a spirit is actually pointing a gun to one kid's head, and the other kid has to confess to a sin, and it literally does a countdown timer on the actual monitor. Far three, two, one. If you don't confess to that, and then shoots himself in the fucking head. Um, and it's the the other cool part, and a lot of people don't catch it, is the um, is the little the little things, the um, uh, where she'll type a message that she's gonna send to the spirit or send to another person, and she thinks about it and then she deletes it. She's like she's like I'm gonna send this, and then she you see the message being right out, and she says no, nah, I'm gonna do that, and then see you delete it. It's all that little uh, interest uh, intricacies of the story that make it really interesting, and it's above board. It's in the same. 
world as Paranormal Activity and and um, uh, and Blair Witch and everything else. But I think it's a much better execution of the concept. Yeah. Um, and yes, I was gonna say, you know, to be fair. Not all these found footage movies are bad. Like there are some good ones out there. Like Cloverfield is probably I my enjoy, favorite. I enjoy Cloverfield. Um, what I uh, really like Chronicle and Troll Hunter. Never seen Chronicle, Troll Hunter. You're you, okay. Have fun with that. The um, I've um, heard a lot of good things about Chronicle. What was that one? Uh, the Paris Catacombs, as above, so below. Yeah, yeah that, yeah. that one was a good one. And then I do enjoy the first Paranormal Activity for what it was. I as do I, and I talked to Brandon beforehand and everything else. I was like, it, it's a coin toss, man. You, you either are into it or it's the stupidest thing you've ever. I was going to say. So here's the thing with the Paranormal Activity series: it starts off good, good, not great, not amazing, not bad, not good, but, but good. And then you get to the sequel, and you're like, okay. And, and then the it just one was my favorite. That was the one with like the home security system around the entire house, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that one was the best one. Like the first one, I I was just bored by it. That that's my big thing. It was like it just had nothing to keep me invested. It, and actually, my 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 nana is, 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 is said the exact same fucking review sentence. Like literally. I was bored to death of it. Like, I, I, I just don't don't understand why. I don't people... care about these characters. I can't say these, I was. These are both bo- annoying. Like. They're annoying people, therefore I'm bored. Uh, the second one just had a, just the right amount of ridiculous, ridiculousness factor to it to get me through it. I really don't remember that much about it. Um, the third one was an interesting idea with that like the VHS tapes. Stupid. But they couldn't make it convincing at all, which just ruined the illusion. Like They, they just couldn't... They did not sell the illusion for that one. I was gonna, so th- this is how um, it goes. The first movie is technically the third movie. The second movie is technically the second movie. And the third movie is technically the first movie. We, and we, then you have the fourth movie, which takes place after the first movie takes place. So it's... Oh my god. Fourth, we're, we're, not, we're not getting into the fuck. We did this with Halloween. And then all of a sudden you're going to get in with Paranormal Activity. And then before you know, Brandon's going to be on Texas Chainsaw Massacre timeline. Okay, so here's the thing about the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> no, no! No! Somebody get the corkboard! We don't... Dude, he's going to look like... What's his face from... It's always sunny. Like when he's trying to fucking connect the... Rings and shit. No, no, no. We, we already wrote this. We planned this whole scenario. We gotta get him a wig, a tie, a cigar. No, we're gonna do a separate thing for that. Like where Brandon gets the chance to explain the timeline. Of, I the promise. Br- the Brandon explains videos. I, I promise. It's not a bad will, segment. Yes. Brandon explains it all. Yeah, we, we will do that. Hi, I'm Brandon Verkowski. And I'm here to... Oh, God, no. Not Texas. No! <laughs> Everything is bigger in Texas, even its horror timelines. Yeah. That's the name of the first episode. Um, uh, so, so yes, I, I totally get you on that and everything else. I think that it is good. You either buy it or you don't. Yeah. Um, among all of those those films and everything else, I happen to think that Unfriended is probably the, the one of the, the better ones of them. Um, I really do. The I mean I, I recommend seeing it. It's added to the damn watch list. The um uh, and then uh and actually there's another movie. So I'll go on to the next movie. Which, which before that, you want to know what my favorite found footage movie is? Is what? it Blair Witch? No. Oh wow. What is it? Sinister. Because no. it's, it's literally about no. found footage. It is not a found footage movie. Indeed. But it's about found It is footage. an actual movie. It is an actual movie. It's about found footage, but yes. it is not a found footage movie. A- actually, my favorite found footage movie, uh, but it's not technically found footage, it's, um, it's Project X. <laughs> really? It's a fucking car wreck. I was going to say, no, that is that a found movie. That movie was terrible. Okay. Oh, I know, but that's it, the reason why I enjoy it. You know what would have made the movie good, though? 
if it was about the two 12-year-old security guards. <laughs> they, There's really, your movie. They, they should have been more of that the movie. the only entertaining thing about I was going to say, movie. no, that is a movie that I actually do want to sit through and watch the whole damn thing Dude, now. it's... I, okay, so so Brandon and I are going to have different opinions on this. I... I enjoy, dude, to me, it's it's the escalation of, of a party getting completely out of hand, but it's to me, it's like a car wreck. Like, you go, you go I, I can't turn away... From all the bullshit that's happening in this movie. I mean, and also, Zach, it ends with the house burning down and Metallica's battery is playing in the background. Yeah! So, I mean, like, I, I can't, I can't, I can't not help but love that. But, and, but I do agree to, to, to an extent, though, with Brandon, though, that that would be an awesome side movie, though, with the, with the two 12 year old They're security. the only entertaining characters. Either way, I need to see that movie fully not just the uh the certain parts uh, not I, on my tv you're not no um, it will be on your tv it actually would look amazing i was gonna TV. say if anything it's better for your damn tv Get, got, no yeah. you can't choose when to be an elitist okay <laughs> yes i can no <laughs> you can't that's the whole point of <laughs> no that actually he's not wrong um uh, but I, all right i want to move on past found footage shit and everything else um the, the one thing I want to say real quick, though, back to 13 Ghosts and that whole thing. I actually saw House on Hunt Hill, the remake, uh, when I was younger. And it actually had a really interesting impact on me on wanting to see more horror movies. Because there's a scene in there where the guy who's watching the security cameras, he turns him around and half of his fucking face is gone. Um, and, I'm, and I'm like, that's the first time I ever saw something like graphic on, um, on screen. And I'm like, oh, shit, like, that's kind of cool. Like, I want to know more about that. The um, uh, so it kind of stuck me, and it's it's a fun, cool premise. Um, I never saw the remake. Or, I'm sorry, the original. The original is really good. Um, I, I I've definitely now that I, I know about the remake, I would love to go. It's and see uh, one of my favorite Vincent Price movies. One of my favorite horror movies of the 1950s it is a very fun 1950s horror movie. And the the concept of it's interesting about a guy who you know who runs you know fright experiences, and then and then he ends up going to a real haunted house, and then. Um, try what uh, gonna pay them what ten million uh, to spend the night? Yeah. Ooh, that actually reminds me. Um, so there's actually a TV show that I'd recommend for paranormal horror, a very recent one, and that's The House on Haunted Hill. I've heard good year. things about that. Mike um, uh, Sarah said good things about that yeah, as well. Directed by Mike Flanagan, who did Oculus, um, which actually when I showed Zach Oculus not too long ago, I noticed a lot of uh, structural similarities between Oculus and House on Haunted Hill. Uh, he also directed Hush, uh, about the deaf woman being stalked by a killer outside of her house. Uh, the Stephen King Netflix movie, Gerald's Game. Um, he did Gerald's Game? He did Gerald's Game. Huh. You ever see it? Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. Um, he also did uh, the Ouija prequel. The one that was good. Yep. Which I Supposedly. Heard, which I heard was really good. I yeah. haven't seen it yet, but I've not been disappointed by a single thing he's made. There's a weird trend with recent horror movies where the sequel slash prequel is so much better than the movie that came before it. The prequel to the bad horror movie is better. And actually, as we discussed last night, that's not a new thing because I was telling about Amityville <laughs> 2, right. The Possession, which is a prequel to the Amityville horror, and it's actually better. <laughs> Which is when did Amityville Horror come out? That was like what, two thousand nine? Amityville Horror was. Wait, are you talking about the remake? I'm talking about the original. Okay. Um. Yeah, the original. Didn't the remake get sequels as well? I, I don't. Sure. I don't know. That's another of those where it's like, who really cares about the timeline? It's not like Text Chainsaw Massacre. The timelines and the reboots are all over the place. Amityville is more like, does anybody really care? <laughs> no. 
The answer like, is no. Outside of the original three, and maybe the fact that the remake has Ryan Reynolds in it. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, nobody really cares. Is uh, it Ryan Reynolds' is Deadpool? Is it Ryan Reynolds' is Ryan Reynolds? It's Ryan Reynolds in a mid-2000s Michael Bay produced horror remake. Oh, this was part of the Michael Bay thing. I believe so, yes. Man, he, he did. Or was it? I think it was. I was going to say, Michael if, Bay if got it, his hands if on it wasn't, all of them. If it wasn't, it definitely feels like it's part of that bunch. I was going to say, it wouldn't surprise um, me. Didn't he also do the Texas Chainsaw ones yep, as well? TCM yeah. was the first one. So he did Texas, so he did Chainsaw. The only one he didn't do was Halloween. He did do The Hitcher, though. I was never a fan of The Hitcher to begin with. Oh, The Hitcher's great. Eh. Um... Where was I going with this? That's a good yeah, point. Mike Flanagan is also doing Doctor Sleep this year, the sequel to The Shining. I don't, even though I haven't seen it with Ian McGregor. Uh, Never mind. Now there's a reason to see it. Um, yeah, I'm good. Yep. I, I've not been disappointed by a single thing he's made. But yeah, House on Haunted Hill. I mean, Ian McGregor hasn't made a bad movie. Yeah, but yeah, House on Haunted Hill. It's about this uh, these siblings who, when they were really young kids. Uh, they lived in this really big house with their parents and something really terrible happens one night. Their father gets them out of there. Their mother dies that night. Uh, what happens across, what happens on that night is kind of gradually revealed as the series goes on. Um, but the siblings are all, have all kind of gone their own separate ways, but then there's a family tragedy that kind of brings them all together again and to confront what really happened at the house that one night. And it is a real, it is an emotional ringer of a horror series. Um, like, all those characters are going through something. The shit. Like, it's, I had to take, like, day, days-long breaks between episodes just, just because of how emotionally affected I was wow, by okay. the series. Nice. Like, it is... I love shit like that. It is really a drama with horror elements i'd say um but it's done really well that's something nice nice the um uh, so i got um i got two more uh two more movies you guys already know one of them so but the one the one you might be surprised about um is it the nun no hell no the um annabelle no um uh but you know what this kind of crosses the line of thriller horror type deal but but in the thriller it's not thriller Although that's a great music video, um, in the realm of paranormal, I really, really enjoyed it. It's fourteen oh eight. Okay, okay, yeah. A, a lot of people don't. A lot of people think it's stupid. Um, I remember being into it for the first. I saw that movie when it first came out of theaters. I remember being Same into here. it in the first half, and as it just went along more and more, I'm just like, this is getting very stupid. I was gonna say it's another, it's another Exorcist two. It's like, oh, okay, this is good. Oh. The, oh, of, you're still going. Of the two Stephen King movies that year, The Mist was the definite winner in my eyes. Then, which is fine. Yeah. The um, uh, it reminded me of what you were talking about with with Oculus, though. Okay. Um, you know, is that phone call you're making real? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, is anything that you're that you're doing in this room, you know, real? And also, too, there's it's kind of a very arbitrary um thing about the room. Like Samuel Jackson just says it pretty simple. He's like, it's an evil fucking room. Like he doesn't like get into like the. Do deep... you want to tell people the premise? Uh, essentially, the premise is about a guy um, who's played by um, John Cusack. John Cusack. Uh, John Cusack, who is a paranormal debunker, 
he uh, basically stays in haunted places and he um, uh, tries to debunk, uh, you know, haunted rooms. He stays overnight and he's like, this is fucking bullshit. Um, there's a little bit more of a darker a- angle of why he does this. Um, has to do with, uh, um, yeah, spoiler alert, his son passing away and you find that out more in the realm of it. And he finally comes across this old hotel where there's been, um, you know, at least like 20 suicides that have happened and countless murders um, and then also and it was also location of three John Denver Christmas specials uh, yes it was which is also death by itself um, uh, and then also Simpsons reference for and, those of you that and know. also the Star Wars Christmas special anyway um, holiday special holiday special it was life day Mark we life. don't talk about that <laughs> the um uh, but and then uh, Samuel Jackson actually plays the um I don't know the major D of of the whole hotel and the concierge the concierge sure the um uh, and he um kind of is his guide but most of the movie is John Cusack in this room and it, it, it thus starts a very very twisted psychological thriller um and the room constantly fucks with him. Sees ghosts, you know, turns, you know, turns the, you know, AC on to the point of freezing, doesn't let him sleep, puts, you know, puts music at a full blast. And the whole, the whole thing, the whole premise is that nobody can last more than, you know, an hour or whatever. And actually at one point that... Was it an hour? Something, some arbitrary uh, time, 24 hours. Okay, I was going to say, I thought Um, it was a whole night. And he, um, uh, and actually the alarm clock goes crazy, and this is the whole sentiment of the whole movie, goes crazy, and then all of a sudden you see the, um, uh, it started a countdown clock on it, which I was like, oh shit. And he's, John Cusack was like, oh, okay, that's how it's going to be. And I I actually really, really enjoyed it. Um, It was one of the first movies I saw where, where you didn't know what was real and what wasn't. Um, and I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it. I saw it recently, um, and I think it's overall a really good thriller. Is it technically horror? Not necessarily, um, yeah, it but, it, but it could be. Um, there's definitely yeah. horror elements within it. Um, uh, I, I think it's a good fucking movie. I mean, that's that's it's really that simple. Um, I know obviously Brandon didn't and you know enjoyed the first half of it. It does take a dip though in the in that mid half, especially when you know when he thinks he's out. Um, uh, you know, so, but I get that. But that being said, um, you guys already know my number one pick, so I won't, I won't get into too many of the details. Paranormal activity. What? Just kidding. Um, it's The Conjuring. Um, I, I really enjoy <gasps> Gasp! I know, gasp. Um, I just think it's really well directed, well written, well acted. <gasps> yeah, I know. The, um, uh, ghost shit, you know, you know, who knew? Um, Ghost uh, ship? No, no. I was gonna. Say, well, actually, <laughs> I tried watching that one. That's a. That's so. That, you know what? That movie's so bad. It's good. I love it. The. Um, I do love that. one. That's one of those movies where I remember seeing it when it first came out, and then the only part I remembered it was the first, literally the first part of the movie where everybody just gets sliced, which is actually pretty awesome. No, it is. Um, uh, I'm just like I remember seeing that part again recently. I'm like. Why did I not like this movie? I need to rewatch it at some point. And then it kind of all goes downhill after that opening scene. <laughs> Kinda? Yeah, it, uh, yes, it does. Uh, Conjuring has uh, is a great story, great premise, great acting, great directing. Um, uh, you know, it was one of the it, one of the first times I saw that type of horror movie with a that was quality. Like most of the other movies I had saw up until that point were not of the best quality. There was more of a of a like, oh, it's horror movie. As long as people die and everything else, we're good. 
So, but when you actually have characters that you care about and you're invested in, um, although the, the my only biggest fault is I didn't really give a shit about uh, about the dad, the guy from Office Space. I didn't really care. I think he was just an arbitrary dad. Um, that's my only one complaint from that movie is I didn't really give a shit about him. But everybody else, though, I was very invested in. And actually, I really enjoyed how they intermixed some of the other stories that became later in the expanded universe, like Annabelle. Annabelle was used just enough uh, in that movie. And I th- and also, too, I watched that movie um, with a group, uh, group of friends in a completely pitch-black apartment except for that. It was a perfect environment to watch that movie for the first time. And, and I have really fond memories of it. So it's definitely yeah. one of my top picks for a, a paranormal-type movie. It was a really good movie. I mean, it's definitely up there for this decade of horror. Um, it's actually pretty cool because uh, American Cinematographer actually interviewed the cinematographer of it for their podcast nice. uh, shortly after it was released. And uh, it's been a really long time since I've listened to it, but I remember he was talking about how... Um, it was very important for them, important to them to establish the geography of the house and everything. Like it was very important that you know where everything is before they start scaring everyone. Um, I also remember that that movie was rated R for being scary. Yeah, I oh I do remember that. That was a, that was definitely a a, a gimmick. And um, then I also remember that tree being all over the marketing and it being in like one shot. Yes, it is in it is in one shot. It's a good shot, but Same it's a thing, one shot. Here's the thing, because I didn't see this movie up until a few months ago, because I just didn't care at the time. Okay, so so Zach, explain why you don't. And there's a there's so here's the thing. This was at the point where all these goddamn horror movies were just not entertaining to me. Everybody said this movie was good, but I've heard that before, and I just I, I just didn't care. There was also a lot of knockoffs of that. This is also the the the, well, yeah, the paranormal a- uh, you know hysteria. That was going on. And all the remake, the well, non... that's the movie that, like, brought that on. Correct. Because like, we got... There was that one Possession movie with that one guy from... Pretty sure it's probably called Possession. Yeah, Possession. <laughs> yeah. Like, the only good movie to come out of, like, that kind of genre, in my opinion, was Sinister. I, I remember seeing the trailers for it, and I'm like, okay, that actually looks interesting. I'll go see that. I did. I fucking loved it. Um, but, yeah. I remember all the marketing had to do with that damn doll. And the doll's only in it for five minutes. I'm like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> the, um, uh, I, I thought they used it. And you know what? The funny thing is I didn't see a lot of the marketing. So I didn't really get caught up in that. So but, you know what, Zach? I didn't really... Uh, you enjoyed the movie? You thought it was okay? I thought it was... Yeah, pretty much I thought it was okay. It wasn't bad. Okay. You know, I sat there and I'm like, okay, this is fine. Because I the only ones I haven't seen at this point are the Annabelle movies. And I do plan on watching them at some point. Actually, the first one I watched in the series was The Nun. Ooh. Yeah, like I, I remember really? I was... I got to work very early one day, and I, I, it was out, and I'm just like, all right, I get free movies, let's go see this shit. And I'm like, it's not terrible. What was actually conjured in The Conjuring? Nothing. It's a very misleading name. <laughs> I, I have, you know what, I wish I had an answer for you, but I don't. Okay. The, uh, the, I can't, have no defense of that, um, but... Nonetheless, I, I, I recommend it. I still have... Uh, still it, is, have it, it is a very good movie. I, I still remember the uh, the hand-clapping game. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> that, that was used really well. Um, and I think that was one of the first times that um, that I... You know, the whole... You know, and it's kind of funny, too. Like, I loved, I loved their two, both their characters and everything else. 
Oh, because I remember the one scene, like, towards the beginning, he they actually went to a house that claimed to be haunted. And he's like, nah, no, 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 you just got some leaky it's pipes. pipes. So you got some pipes here. Like, I, you know, I love it. Like, it wasn't, it was almost like making fun of, like, Taps and all those other fucking shows. Like, the ones who say, oh, did you hear that? It's like, yeah, no, I heard that. It was the leaky pipes and the fucking floorboard and everything else. Always go for the logical option first before you, you think that your house is possessed by demons. What would you think of the second one? I did not see the second one. Really? Um, I did not get an opportunity. It, it, really? I didn't get a chance to see the second one. You're the one who praises this goddamn movie and you're just like, nah, fuck the second I, one. I didn't rush out to see the second one. I, I did not. What um, a dick. The, uh, I, I, I can't remember what the reasoning is around that time. I must have been doing something else. So we're all going to watch the Annabelle movies and go see this new one in theaters, right? Uh, <sighs> sure. We have to. We're, hey, you're the one who wanted to do reviews. Which means we also have to go see that guy. When the fuck does Child's Play come out? That comes out end, in like two end, weeks. End of the month. We're going to go see. I, dude, I don't know, man. It's I've watched a couple more of the trailers. And yes, there is some stupid elements to it. But I kind of I kind of do dig dig it. it. Like Part of me is like... The only redeeming... Child's Play. Child's Play. I'm kind of like playing the, I'm playing the hokey pokey with it. Because it does one thing stupid in the trailer. And then it does something cool. And well, I'm like... The two like, things it, it has going, me? in my opinion, for it is Mark Hamill's Mold. voicing Chucky... And all the posters are it killing Disney Toy Story stuff. That's I respect that. There also is cool. Aubrey Plaza in it, which I, I never figured her for a horror actress. Yeah, that's But interesting. then again, she was in FX's Legion, and she's really weird and good in that. It's a hell of a she's, she's really weird. Legion is that show on FX that kind of takes place in the X-Men universe. Oh, and it's that... really trippy and weird, and I feel like I ran a marathon after watching an episode of it. So, gentlemen, next Thursday... Make sure your calendars are ready, because, uh, yeah, we're going to go see Child's Play. I'm in. I'm in. You know, you know what, though? Pardon me, though, when I... When we're going to have to make that Friday, because I'm busy Thursday. Oh. Doing what? I'm working. Yeah, the yeah. 20th? Wait, the 20th? Next, next week. Thursday. Oh, next Thursday. Dork. He did um, say next Thursday. I actually am working, but I should be oh. done. Oh, no, he's full of shit. He doesn't want <laughs> But, but I should I should be done by the afternoon, though. You fucking better. But I am technically working that Thursday. I don't care. I, you're still seeing this goddamn movie, whether you like it or not. Or, am I the only one when I saw the trailer? I kind of laughed a little bit when I heard Mark uh, Mark's voice. I, I still haven't heard his voice. Dude, I have it, not it, heard his it, performance it, yet. Dude, watch the trailer. I, look, here's the thing. If I'm going to see this movie, I'm not going to watch any more trailers because all that does is just spoil the goddamn movie, and I don't want that. Yeah, fair yeah, for all I know, this could be like another it. I'm going to walk in there, and for the first time in my life, I'm going to walk out of there. Holy shit, Chucky's awesome now. Well, it's the same producers, so we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the, uh, we will definitely see. That's worked out sometimes, and that's other times it's not worked out. Yeah. Batman v Superman. What? Um, uh, the, I mean, Batman vs. Superman had some cool stuff in it. It, it also, also had, had some really dumb stuff in it. Martha! Yes. Yeah. That's And it had a cave troll named Doomsday. No, I thought it was a Ninja Turtle who fucked a cave it's, troll. It's the same... Uh, either way who cares and uh, and then also Jesse, how can we cheap out on this let's recycle some of our CG that, that characters was, that was Jesse Eisenberg wasn't it yeah it, uh... that was such a terrible casting trip. snot comes out of his nose as he's screaming through the I'm like dude it's Jesse Eisenberg being fucking Jesse Eisenberg like, the entire time you know I, I, and he does a bad touch with a Jolly Rancher uh, that was there was nothing good about that movie that that was, I remember walking out of that movie and thinking, okay, that was a movie. Ben Affleck was a good Batman. It's not his fault the script Here's sucks. the thing. 
Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Great cast. Dude, we were all worried about that shit, too. Like, or, no, I never okay, was. No, 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 no. Like, I, I was on Ben Affleck, Affleck was a great choice. I, I, I'm just talking about fucking nerds in general. There's a lot of fucking issues. I didn't have any issue either. Um, I actually thought it was... It, among all the choices you had at that point, it was a pretty good fucking choice. I think Ben Affleck was such a great choice, and it's a goddamn shame we lost him. And now we got the sparkly gay disco ball. He can act. He we'll, can act. We'll, we'll, give, we'll, we'll watch, give it a second. Watch his non-Twilight movies. He can act. Still gonna be funny as shit. Dude, give it a second. I, I, it literally, the day that was announced, somebody posted a picture of Lego Batman with Robert Pattinson's head on here, and he's just glowing, glittered up and everything. He's like, glory. The, uh, <laughs> I'm still looking forward to the new Batman movie just because Matt Reeves is directing. I'm just looking forward to it because DC's the only one who's making decent comic book movies and these I, days. I like DC as well. The um, but yeah, and Matt, I can't like Matt Reeves, Cloverfield, Let Me In, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War for the Planet of the Apes. That's pretty solid. Resume. With a track record like that, why shouldn't I be excited? Who let him in? I did. I live here. Yeah. Oh shit, that's right. Damn it. The um, uh, uh, you know what you know what's some funny. Also, nobody let me in. I technically never left. <laughs> I have not been outside of the apartment today. Yeah. Jump out that window now. Uh, no, I don't care if you break your neck. Don't do that. That's not nice. The um, my name is Zach, and welcome to Jockos. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jockos. Yeah. Uh, copyright infringement, I guess. Exactly. Uh, fine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's a, that's a, that's a big guy, ten four on the shirt. The um, you know what's so funny hey, though? I saw all those um, those uh, those pictures with the uh, Batman Beyond um, <laughs> on one side, and then and then him and uh, and Michael Keaton uh, being that. I actually kind of want to see that more than I want to see him as regular Batman. That's also not a very bad idea. I would love to see a live action uh, Batman Beyond because it's. Oh, it's pretty much the perfect time to do that now. Yeah, yeah, dude, we're already there. And actually, Michael Keaton should play older He's Bruce Wayne. He's literally the perfect age. <laughs> and all he does is play birds anyway, so you may as well give him the freaking role again. Yeah, that's kind of true. The uh, Actually, no, that's not kind of true. That is exactly funny. Birds true. and one demon. That's it. That's it. And a guy who worked for the Who's newspaper. The demon? That's a legitimate question, Zach. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice isn't a demon. He's a fucking demon. Well, I mean, kind of, I guess. Sure. He's a ghost, but he's kind of like a demon slash poltergeist kind of thing. He's an uh, exo. He's a, he's an. Uh, All right, so that's next week's topic. Yeah. What exactly is <laughs> Beetlejuice? <laughs> the uh... <laughs> okay, which I'm sure can be solved by a rewatch of the movie. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It'll be a live podcast. Or or somebody commenting what he is, and then we all look like jackasses. With, I'm sorry, jockasses. <laughs> Thank you, pronounced jockasses. Alright, so that's going to be a running gag. Oh, that's about. so going to be a running gag now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to uh, add that to the text chain. Oh, I'm sorry to act like, like a... Like a jockass. A, like... <laughs> <laughs> Alright, all right, let's get back on track. Mark, do you have any more paranormal horror stuff? Uh, no, they, uh, that, that, that pretty much is uh, pretty much is it. Um, I definitely I stand by all my right. all the recommendations. So yeah. yes, after uh, going through every distraction under the sun during Mark's uh, Holy list shit. of paranormal movies. Zach, you have some things to edit. Uh, Ooh, shiny. Yeah, exactly. Squirrel. Yeah. Yeah, and we got through mine pretty quickly. We got through Zach's pretty quickly. Mark? You probably guess are like, nah, fuck 
fuck, Mark. Like we're just gonna we're just gonna go off on this way, this way, this way. So let's. Uh, the- they did everything except order a fucking pizza. Like that's that's the only <laughs> other distraction. Uh, Put that phone down, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Brendan, no. All right, all right. Mark, what is the your qu- question of the podcast? Ta-da. Alright. Today. Today. On the Nightmares Podcast. On the Nightmares Podcast. The question of the podcast is uh, there's someone in the wing. Um, my question of the podcast, as everybody always looks forward to, is gentlemen, what is your favorite horror movie mask? Jason X. <laughs> well, gee, how could we have guessed that? Are you only 3D printed that mask? <laughs> I fucking love which, it. Which, by the way, if you haven't had a chance to see that movie, please do. It's great. I don't know why you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen Jason X. You're not doing yourself any favors. It is it is so stupid, it's great. No, it's, it's not stupid. It, it, it is phenomenal it, it, instead in every of our usual, form. Instead of our usual logo as the, the picture icon for this podcast on YouTube, we should just take a picture just of Zach sick. holding up his Jason X mask. Love it. Just doing this the entire time. Yeah. <laughs> love it, love it, love it. The uh, no, that's a good fucking mask. Why actually. is it your favorite? It's fucking awesome. I don't know. When it comes to horror movie masks, it's like the Jason mask was always my favorite. Well, and let's then, face it, Uber Jason isn't very scary. Uber Jason's a badass. <laughs> yeah, even though that movie shot like a porno. Um, and- uh, who shot that movie? <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of curious. Now. I would not surprise me if he's also shot porn because it is fucking lit, it. lit and shot like a fucking porno. I love how that comment was thrown out there and then Brandon's immediately just like, who the fuck shot that? <laughs> Can we tell who the director of photography in the group is? I wonder. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just such a fun movie. It's Oh my God, that, that mask is amazing. The mask now, is amazing. His costume is amazing and that the look of Jason is awesome in that. Have you ever read the comic book Jason vs. Jason X? Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was stupid, but it was awesome. <laughs> Unlike, pretty close to Jason X. Yeah, that, that whole concept. That concept was stupid. What, what about was... Aliens vs. Predator vs. The Terminator? You know, where's my knife? The, no, Zachary. No. But um, overall, my favorite mask overall, Predator mask. I, I figured that was yeah. much. Yeah, horror, Jason X, overall, Predator. I Why? have like fucking seven of those damn things. It is an awesome mask. They are good masks. Which, for Predator, is that no, a mask no. or is it a helmet? It's a mask. Okay. Sure. It's, to, it, to be fair, it's a one, one of mine that I have listed, you could very much ask the same question. Yeah, no, it's technically um, called a biomask. Uh, to answer the question of who shot Jason X, nobody really notable. Okay. But did he do porn? I, I, I'm kind of curious. Look, the question's out there. We all want to know. I didn't see any. Just type in his name slash porn. Well, no, no, don't do that. I prefer not to. <laughs> it's on his phone. No one's going to notice or care. I don't want that on my phone. But, uh, sure. Fair enough. All right, so what do you what do you got, man? All right, um... Uh, it was hard for me to pick one. He was standing at his movie collection for like an hour before we recorded this it podcast. Was really trying more to like decide four minutes. Um, and I, I like Sam's mask in Trick or Treat. It's a good fucking mask. Yeah, the kind of the burlap yeah. fabric material with yeah. the button eyes and the stitchy smile. It's pretty cool. Um, the Phantom's mask from Phantom of the Paradise, directed by Brian De Palma. 
It's like this metallic owl mask. It's pretty cool. Interesting. Um, the uh, the miner's mask in My Bloody Valentine. Again, pretty cool. Um, but actually, my favorite horror movie masks are actually from TV shows. Okay. Um, and it's between the masks from the episode of The Twilight Zone entitled Masks. And it's about this dying old man, and he has his children there, and his children are just terrible people. And so he has them wear these really ugly masks uh, the night of his death, and he says they can't remove them until he's dead. Um, And, like, the masks, each of them represents, like, their horrible personalities, and at the end, when they remove the masks, their faces have morphed into what the masks look like. Which is, ironic enough, very similar to the fucking mask in Goosebumps. Rob, which is actually the other one that I was... Yeah, uh, the Haunted Mask. Oh, right. Haunted Mask. Oh, yeah, I was like, that's the same fucking plot. I was going to say, that's not a bad choice. The Haunted Mask in Goosebumps. No, not a That's not, where most of their season budget went to, I'm pretty sure. It's the single greatest makeup effect in the entire series. And it's, hands, um, hands down. Yeah. Th- those teeth and that green skin. This, this is, is where you spend your money. It, it is really one of the most iconic masks I, I, I've ever seen in a horror Property. Look, all those masks on that shelf yeah. were really good. But the main one in particular. Yeah. That, oh, one, that one, one was the best. That one's up there with the hockey mask from Friday 13th. And um, also, I got a question for you guys. Yes, sir. All right. So, you know how they ask if a tree falls in the woods and no one's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Does a bear shit in the woods? I would have to yes. say, if you ask me the horror version of that question is if you take the Michael Myers mask and paint it flesh-colored, can you use it as a William Shatner mask? You just had to fucking go there. And you know what? I don't know. I don't think I'm... The answer is yes. It's already been done before. Really? Yeah! You were the one who showed me, weren't you? No, I've asked the question before, but I don't remember showing you anything. Somebody actually showed me a video of that. Really? That yeah. is fantastic. It's out there will, on the internet. We will watch this later and put it in the description below. The uh... <laughs> Somewhere on the World Wide Web. <laughs> I love one for For folks, for, for, you know, for all the people who don't know out there, every time one of us says in the description below, Brandon's the one who keeps notes. So he constantly gives me a face every time I say You have to find the video, though, this time. (laughs) Yeah, we will have the video. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, God. We'll find it. A a little fun fact. uh, The Halloween movie 4? Oh, the masks from Halloween 3 I really like as well. The the skull, pumpkin, and witch. Sure, those masks. They made an appearance in the new Halloween as well. Yeah, I know they did. And they were there for as long as they needed to be. Two seconds. (laughs) Cold. Halloween 3 is a good movie. Halloween 3 is stupid. <laughs> the only reason that movie is watchable is because of Tom Atkins. Everybody loves Tom Atkins. Because he's awesome! This is a good point. Anyway, um, are those, so those are your favorite... I mean, and also to the to uh, um, to agree with your point, that, that mask is pretty much the, the symbol of all of the Goosebumps series. It really is. Like, it, it, that's, that's the quintessential look of Goosebumps. I think in all of their marketing material back in the day, that was what they used, was the mask. 
because it's instantly recognizable yeah. as the Goosebumps. And it's Goosebumps green. So it's the same fucking green color as the logo. So, I mean, it, it works. It works yeah. all together. So, um, you know what was really disappointing about those Jack Black Goosebumps movies? Didn't have the haunted mask. Well, actually, if you look in the background of one scene of the first one, you can see it. Oh, that's really? It. That's it? Yeah, and that was really the biggest disappointment about that movie is a lot of the monsters you really want to see, you can only see in the background for like a split second. Well, that's also because realistically, those were probably the more horrifying stories and they wanted to make it a more cheesy and campier movie. And I'm sure they were saving... And originally, the sequel was going to be Horrorland. Oh. But it still probably but... would have been campy. Probably. Yeah. It's probably one of the best. best I mean, with episodes. Jack, here's the thing: with Jack Black's performance, it was fine. Like, I that, that's really what's saying. No, the, no, the movie, movie was good, but yeah. it's, I just wish we got to see more of the monsters. Is all I'm saying. I would like to see a true darker horror adaptation of the show, maybe, or some of the stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be fun to see it, at it, some point. Yeah, I'd definitely be down for yeah, that. It's it, maybe in 20 years when we're doing the reboot of it. That's what we do. Well, we'll have free reign to make our own original Goosebumps story, and this time we'll actually do a good job of it. Cough, cough, trilogy, cough, cough. Oh, yeah. We don't talk about that. Um, we until we reach it. In I was going to say, we haven't gotten to that oh. episode yet. Oh, yeah. Zach, have you ever seen the trilogy? I will let you know when I see that episode. It uh, is quite terrible. Oh, it is awful, man. It it's is terrifying terrible. in all the worst ways. That's the one with the, with the girl that turns into the pig, right? Oh, my God. It's awful. The, and then there is the something with baseball. I yeah, fuck if I know. I, I have no idea. It's it's terrible. The uh, um, it was pretty bad. There's something about a map. The uh, people <laughs> look a little disappointed. The uh, yep. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I have two. The um, uh, and one's obvious, but one is not so obvious. The obvious one is is the ghost face mask. I of course. I really dig. I really fucking dig it. And actually, it's slightly based on Edvard Munch's The Scream, mm-hmm. which is the you know, which is that yeah. painting with the with the person screaming in the background. I, now, are you talking about the one from Scream or the one with Scary Movie with the long tongue sticking? No, no, no. I'm t- well, I mean, there's that too. But I was going to say, good. fun fact. Apparently, whoever um, whoever owns the rights to Scream now doesn't own the right to that mask. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, well, yeah, because because the story. You know, you know the story behind it. Oh uh, no! I uh, they, uh, one of their producers who was who was scouting a location. They were trying to fucking design all these masks. One of um, uh, his um, Wes Craven's guy who who does all of his practical effects and shit was was molding masks and doing ideas, and they couldn't come up with anything that was that was really cool. And uh, they were scouting, um, and actually in the same um, house they shot uh, Shadow of a Doubt, which is Alfred Hitchcock's movie. Um, and they, um, it was an older lady, They're, the kids have gone off to college, and in one of the older rooms was the fucking ghost face mask. It's like a bargain basement fucking Halloween costume, which actually added to more of what Scream is about than anybody can fucking do. No, exactly. Like, I think that, if anything, the whole costume design was about as great as you ever were gonna get it. Yeah, I mean... For what that story wanted to tell, yeah, like, you could not have lucked out any better. And the funny thing is that it was, it, it very much like, you know, all the, the horror movie people of the past with masks and everything else, it reinforced the point about why people wear, wear masks, is to put on a persona, but also to, you know, in the middle, you know, in, in the, even in the Viking era when they wore uh, masks, the point of it was to discourage their enemies, 
and everything else. Because if you're wearing a mask, you know, and you hit somebody with a fucking mask, you can't see their bruises. You can't see what kind of damage you inflict to your enemy. So therefore, they're even they they unconsciously seem supernatural. Yeah. So there's there's something to you know to that concept, and it reinforced it. Um, and my other favorite is the strangers. Um, uh, I like the simplicity of it. Um, it's it's simple. Um, uh, and I like how effective it is. Um, uh, you know, there's nothing you know particularly interesting about it. And I think that plays into what this, you know, what helps the story, uh, which is again, can be fucking anybody. It's still one of my favorite horror movie lines and everything else. Next two from Till Dawn, but you know when uh, you know <laughs> cycles do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. Um, but the other favorite favorite line is, you know, why are you doing this? Because you were home. You know, I love that, and then I think that was the only good part in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Not wrong, but like, I, I remember nothing of that movie. The um, uh, but but that being said, though, I like the mask. So, and I could I could pick obvious choices. You know, uh, Jason obviously, which is fantastic. All you know from the original Michael Myers, which is fantastic. Um, and there's actually di- different versions of Michael Myers. Um, and there's a lot of really really cool stuff. Um, with with all those different masks. But that being said. Um, uh, but Ghostface, for a uh, you know, takes the crown for me though, overall. So yeah, that's it. Cool. Uh, nothing, nothing really too uh, particular with that. The um, it was one of my more simple questions, but I knew oh, it would yeah. be I knew it would be a good well, one. It's, to ask. A, it's a fun one. There's so many different choices. You Dude, we can we can talk about masks for days when it comes to the, you know the different uh, different horror movies. There's a lot of cool ones out there. I'm sure there's stuff that we're forgetting oh, too. Absolutely. So, all right, brother. So that's the question today. You'll you'll hear me next time with another question. Uh, the the question of the podcast, the nightmares question. I don't know. We're still working on titles. The um so production stuff. Yep. So based on this, the the uh, topic we were discussing beforehand, um, I think Zach, you're probably the best one to head the discussion on this one. So um, I guess yeah. Um editor and uh producer workflow or director or just you know working with your fellow correspondents uh oh shit where the hell should i begin on this one anybody want to start well i mean the um and our workflow is a little unique in that you've directed both episodes but are also the editor so you don't have the typical director-editor relationship I mean, that most editors have. Because you're the same person? I was going to say, I've had that relationship a few times, especially in my uh, freelancing days. and it, it Let's can... talk about some of those. Okay, so um, I've never had one in person. These people have always been from somewhere around the country. So, um, yeah, uh, I guess it really just depends on the person you get. One thing that uh, I, I learned in grew to hey were these limbo projects because uh, very early on i would get people who very indecisive about what they want they mm-hmm. also don't know what they want and they also know little to nothing about the film industry they'll shoot on high grade cameras the footage will look good but you know they're missing coverage they're missing pieces and stuff like that so it's my job to try to work around that and that could be it's kind of people with money that want to get into the film industry but have no business getting into the film industry. I wouldn't say they don't have any business, but they literally have no idea what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and it's like they clearly want to learn and stuff, but 
It's they're starting off. I've and, had the exact opposite experiences. Yeah, like no, these are people who are clearly passionate and stuff, and they're pouring everything they have into their stories and stuff. But it's like, you know, they just don't understand stuff like not taking the proper precautions for stuff on set. Like you, you're shooting something, like VFX stuff, like we discussed last. Yeah, week. pretty much. And th- here's the thing: I it, it's a blessing that I'm a freaking VFX guy because if I wasn't, so many people would be screwed on their projects. Hell, even ours. Like, I don't know anybody else who does VFX work like I do. I'm the only person in my circle who does VFX. I'm the only one I've ever met that really does VFX. I've met a few people who dabbled in it, sure, but nobody's ever focused on it. I'm the only one from college uh, in my current group. Yeah, I'm the only one, so... That's the only other competition I haven't met yet. Everybody else, I've met somebody for their department and stuff. But yeah, it can be a little tedious. Uh, what would, how would you guys describe your experience so far? Um, I, mean, I actually like the process of how yeah. we do this. Um, Have you guys worked with anybody other than? Actually, Brandon, you've worked with uh, your editor for Watergate. Yes. Oh, uh, he was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a couple summers ago, I shot a documentary at the Watergate complex. Um, we ended up with about 24 hours of footage and this is, these are all interviews and B-roll and it was, I knew what I wanted to convey, but I had no idea where to even start. And so I just put out like a Craigslist ad. It's like, I'm looking for an editor for a documentary. Uh, send me your reel, your resume and all that, you know, the usual stuff. Um, and I, I would say I got like 15 entries, um, only three or four of which I actually scheduled in in face interviews for, um, there were some that didn't make the cut that their work was good, but it didn't, it didn't show that they could do what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, and then there are some where it's like, I don't know what this is. There, I remember there was one where it's like, it was literally just like their home travel movies. There was like, yeah. just like these 10 minute long takes without a single cut, no credits, no graphics. It was like, what, what, am, what am I watching? Um, so this is our time in Bermuda. It, there was nothing educational about it. It wasn't like one of those educational travel shows. Like it was just like their vacation video. Pretty much just home vacation videos. Pretty much. Yeah. The, the nothing more than our parents much. shot back in the early 90s when we were all children. Yeah. Oh, sure. man. Um, when you're... But he's just sitting there as a two-year-old screaming at his pet turtle. Yeah, but yeah, there are four people that we called back for in-face interviews. And there were two from those four that we called back for a second interview because I was having a really tough time between the two of them. Um, And I still feel I would have gotten a good product from, like, I feel like that if for some reason my number one choice couldn't do it. I still would have gotten a good product for my number two choice. But um, the editor I ended up hiring, he sent me a documentary he edited about, oh, it's been years since I've seen it, but it was basically about a bodybuilder, a subject that I have no interest in whatsoever. And it was about 40 minutes. It was actually um, a documentary series, but all of the episodes taken together was about 45 minutes which was about the length I was going for for my documentary. 
And basically, he took a subject that I had no interest in whatsoever, and I watched all 45 minutes of it. Wow. Okay. Like, a lot of these sample works that I get whenever I'm looking for another crew member, you can usually tell within the first minute or so if it's going to be good or not. Um, and even if it's good, I, I still might not watch the whole thing depending on time and everything. Like if it's only like a two minute piece, I'll probably watch the whole thing. But for a 45 minute piece like that, um, on the first sitting, I probably won't watch the whole thing, but later on I'll watch it at night or something like that. But that was one where it's like first time watching it just went straight through 45 minutes. Um, and so, yeah, I was very upfront about with him when I gave him the footage and everything. I know the topics I want to cover. I don't really know what order I want to put them in yet. Um, like, I, it was one of those things where it was like, I know what I want, but I don't know what I want yeah. at the same time. Like, I was able to give him, like, the barest skeleton of what I was looking for. Um because, you know, and I'm, I'm the one that shot it, so I'm really close to the material. There are a lot of things I couldn't remember if I actually discussed them in the interviews or if that was something that I had to leave out because it was a topic that didn't involve the interviews I was able to get. Like, there was a lot of I couldn't remember what information we actually had on camera and which we were saving for a narration. Yeah. It's, um, when it comes to document documentaries are the one piece I refuse to edit. Unless it has to do with sharks or a topic that I'm really personally interested to, I, I can't do it because most of their topics, especially when it comes to the editing portion, bore <laughs> the ever-loving shit out of me. Yeah. And then you have to sit through, log, and categorize everything. And that's hours upon hours of footage. Especially if you're going for an hour-long documentary or 45 minutes. Good. That's... A lot, ten hours, yeah. eight hours of footage right there, and then you got to constantly keep rewatching, organizing, put everything in its proper place. It is a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. It, it, you want to meet a real editor? See if he's edited a documentary. Anybody who can edit a documentary well, especially Which you've seen the current cut of it. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I think it turned out really well. And it's you can definitely tell that it was my first major project as a director. Uh, there are things that if I were to go back in time, I would do differently on the production side. Um, but as far as putting it together as a fully edited piece, I think I definitely got my money's worth. Um, but yeah, and I believe the 50th anniversary of the scandal is 2022. Oh, so you still got time. Yeah, Thank so we you. have time. Like, I, I'm not going to rush it. No, like, absolutely not. That yeah, would be like a one terrible of, idea. One of my regrets for this edit was i do feel there was one film festival in particular that i do feel i kind of rushed it a little bit for to try to make the deadline for that and it was an architectural film festival which my documentary is not about the scandal of the watergate it's about the development and construction of the watergate so it's like if there's any film festival that it would fit into it would be the Architectural and Design Film Festival. Um, so we were trying really hard. And there were a lot of times where I didn't think we would make it. And it's just like one of those things where it's like, if we have to submit it for next year, fine. But we actually got very close to a final cut for it. And it's like, okay, let's... But yeah, if I could do it again all over again, I'd probably just let that deadline pass and 
But I still, I'm still very happy with what we got. Um, yeah, I will say as an editor, rushing your editor is one of the worst things you could possibly do. Yeah, which sure I mean, by that s- by that point, the structure was there. It was at that point, it was all like little sound mixing things, a few color grading things, some music choices. So it wasn't anything major left okay. in it. It was one of those things where. Um, it was really right down to the wire. Like if we didn't rush it, we probably would have missed the deadline by like a couple days. That's how. So it was like it wasn't a rush, but it was a rush at the same time. Gotcha. Money well worth spent. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, indeed. The um, what I was going to bring up was as I, I think we have a pretty unique process when it comes to you know being other executive producers on Living Nightmares series is during the editor process when we're and we started this when we had our first episode we've continued the tradition and I imagine we're going to continue doing this um, throughout the entire series and probably when we start developing other things as well it'll be the same story um, when Zach is ready to present us with a rough cut and everything else we actually ask him to leave the room because yeah. uh, he's watched it so many so many so many times you know, it's always good to have a fresh pair of eyes to see what's going on. And Brandon and I will sit there and then we will go ahead and we'll, we'll review it and everything else. I think we'll talk for like 30 seconds, you know, about what we saw. And then we'll bring Zach back in and say, hey, Zach, this is what we saw. Da, 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 da. You know, what do you think? You know, what do you think about that thought? Um, you know, how does that work for you? Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that. Um, and it's always fun how as we solve problems that we had at first, it just brings attention to other problems that we didn't oh, see before. Oh, yeah, we, we've we've gotten the we've gotten very lucky that we've had a, um, not only the three of us, but we also have a, a really close group of friends that really helps us out. Wes, in particular, to catch a lot of <clears throat> a lot of BS that that we didn't catch. Um, but you know what though, when you watch something over and over and over again, you know it's gonna it, you're gonna get tunnel vision. It's gonna happen. Yeah, happen to anybody. So, you know, we're just going to watch and just be like, okay, go through the ropes, yada, yada, yeah, okay, it's done, all right, release it, and then mm-hmm. next thing you know, it's on the internet, and then, what the fuck's that boom pole doing there? What? Is that homeless guy doing across the street? Why is he beating off? Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Zach, can you edit that out? No! I can't mask that. The, um, uh... I can blur it, but that's about it. Yeah, oof. Probably should be. Anyway... Um, I think I think we got a pretty unique process in how we develop it, and then you know we keep going through the the different versions of it until yeah. we find one that that works for us. Um, and that's the thing; it seems to be working so far. So, yeah. I'm trying to think if I ever had any relationships as an editor with other people. Because remember, I did used to try to get into post production at first. Yeah. I was gonna say um, if I have anything else to say, um, you know, up until like right around the time I was close to graduating college, I'd only edited for myself. Yeah. So when I started editing for other people, I was just really desperate to get work at the time and that was a big mistake. I, I would only like I would advertise myself as both editing sound design visual effects just just to get work and it's like you do not want to do that you do not want to be responsible for all three of those damn jobs first out because that is a nightmare a lot of work yeah it gets to the point where you're just like no i i I was just like no i don't want to do editing anymore fuck this because 90 percent of the time you'd end up in a limbo project and it's just like oh but i want to change this now oh but i want to change this now oh but i want to change this and eventually it gets to the point where you're just like nah I'm, I'm done. Yeah. And I only ever got paid for two editing jobs. Um, one of which was the um, Egyptian restaurant 
that you were a camera assistant. Oh, you edited that? Yeah, I was oh, the editor okay. for that one, um, which you did the graphic for it that I put at the end. Yeah. Um, which that one was overall pretty simple. Um, like I like I did my cut of it, then I got maybe like one batch of notes back. Um, and then the other time I got paid to edit was actually a birthday party video. Interesting. I think it was like a 50th, it was either a 50th birthday party or it was like a 50th anniversary party. It was like one of those things. Some of old people. Um, I'm not going to say who got me the job because it's somebody that we don't associate with anymore. Um, but yeah, and I remember a lot of the footage was con- the, like the camera was constantly moving. Like I would like there were like no shots that actually focused on anything. And like I do a lot of freelance work, and a lot of the requirements I get from these companies are keep the camera steady, static for six seconds. One company has it for seven seconds. Keep the camera static because then it gives the editor something to hold on. Yeah. Whereas I had to make, I had to do a party video on a constantly moving camera. And there are a lot of other sound issues and a lot of other issues as well. And it was not easy, but I was able to do something for it. Um, But I sent an email back to the guy that hired me and he he didn't do party videos professionally. He just kind of, he would at the time he would just kind of take whatever job he could. Um, so with my notes, I was like, if part, if event videos are something that you want to do going forward, here are my notes as an editor to help you make better content. And the response I got back for that was, yeah, that was a lot of notes. (laughs) Don't suck. (laughs) Um, the um, uh, it sucks to suck. The, yeah, um, I've only ever done one party video, and that was a that was a literal nightmare. I both shot and had to edit that thing. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck yeah. I'm supposed and to then, edit here. And then there was a short documentary that I edited for someone for school because he had a medical emergency that he wasn't able to edit it for. Um, so I had to get like a. F- five to ten minute documentary made in like two days no i was able to do it i i'd refuse i was was supposed to get paid for that one but i never did i would have just looked at the timeline and been like you're out of your damn mind and then it was was a topic especially during school and it was a topic that um and this i'm I'm just gonna chalk this story up to choose if you don't feel right about a project don't take it um the short do- the short version of the documentary i did not mind doing especially since i thought i was going to get paid at the time um i was told i was going to get paid i never did um you know as a subject that really 10 minutes maximum i think the version i turned into him was like just under seven mm. um and it was about a convention for that year that we were at. And he wanted to turn it into an actual feature length documentary. And I was like, it can't be 
done. Like, like there's no conflict here. There's no message. Like if anything, like the documentary, as you told me, you just wanted to show highlight different notable things about it. Pretty much make an informational video. Yeah. And for and that is a perfect subject for a sub ten minute documentary. Was there even enough footage to make it? Into no. Yes, I mean, like, you know that's you know that saying trying to put ten pounds of shit into a five pound bag. It's the exact opposite. Like trying trying try to put five pounds of shit into a ten into a, a ten pound bag. Like, I was gonna yeah. say I've only ever no, had a problem um, like that once, and that was for a demo reel. I had like maybe forty seconds worth of footage. It wasn't mine. So. No, no, no. And I felt so so so, so sorry for the guy. I'm just like I I don't know what to do with this. Like, how do you not have more? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, I did take a crack at it just to prove my point. And I mean, I was stretching too. And I was able to get it to 13 minutes. Wow. Um, and that was me beating myself mentally senseless to get it to 13 minutes. And I was like, this is the longest I can do it. I don't think there's enough content here to support a full length feature. Especially since we're approaching a year from the actual convention. So it's like they're going to have this year's convention. So everything from this video is outdated by this point. Um, there isn't any kind of story to support a 90-minute documentary. I don't think it can be done. I, do, I would like to not be involved with this project anymore. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't know. Like I, I remember, and I remember for like the next like six months after that, on like Facebook groups and everything, I would see him post ads trying to find someone to edit it into a feature length documentary to submit into film festivals. Um, there are times where you just cut the loss. And yeah, just be like I, 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 I think I think it was Drop a very six and punt. Um, I think it was a very good seven minute documentary short. Uh, but yeah, and my my point is if you don't. If, some, if a director is asking for something that literally can't be delivered, it's not a matter of if you have the skill set to do it. It's a matter of do they actually have the content and the materials and the resources to make what they want. Like if they say, I want this, but they're not going to give you the resources to do that, don't take it. Yeah. Um, it's really not worth the trouble. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I eventually dropped out of post-production just to go into director photography work. Because, as Zach mentioned, there are a lot of those limbo projects. I was, and that's editors, especially when you're starting. That's going to be ninety percent of the projects you get. And editors get that way more because, like, with as a director of photography, whether it's a good day on set or a bad day on set, once the days are done, they're done. I'm done. Like. I've shot the footage for you. My, my job is to bring the director's vision to life. Whether or not the director chose to put effort into his vision, that is on him. And, um, and that's the part where I love about acting. When yeah. I'm done, I'm done. Like yeah. Once we shoot it, I'm out. One, once I'm on the actual the principal photography is wrapped, I'm done. Whereas with editing, there's no telling... Like, especially yeah. if you're doing it on flat rate, there's no telling how long you're going to have that yeah, project no, for. Flat rate is something, um, if the video is like a minute, if it's a very short video, like a minute, 30 seconds to two minutes, flat rate's fine. Anything above that? No. Charge by the hour. Yeah. 
And then on top of that all, like... Have set deadlines. Have set deadlines. Make sure you have a contract that protects you. And make sure you're clear on how many different cuts they get. Like, after you have your initial cut, make sure in your contract you you get one round of um, notes before I charge you for a second cut, or two rounds, or three rounds, or whatever you feel is the appropriate amount of back and forth you can have before you can start asking for more. Yeah. Or you can just do what I did. Because those limbo projects do happen. I was going to say, or do what I did and just say, fuck editing, I'm doing VFX and motion graphics. Because that's all I do now. If I'm doing freelancing, I will rarely pick up an editing project unless it's from like, if it's from like a corporation or something like that, or somebody who I know is a professional, I'll take it, sure. Nine times out of ten, it's not going to be that bad. But if it's from, you know, indie people or somebody who's just getting their start, nah. Like, what are some experiences you've had? <sighs> um, <laughs> you don't have to mention names. I, no, I, I'm, like, just trying to think of, like, ways to word these examples. Um, let's see. Well, hey, well, Zach's uh, pondering that thought. I have a, 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 two quick things. Um the uh, one of the biggest advices, especially for the directors out there, is to make your editing uh, your editor's life easier. Is when you're working with actors, um, educate them about the editing process. Or if you are an actor, educate yourself about the editing process. Um, I got screamed at by an editor. Um, by, oh, I love this story. That I was that I was uh, that I was dating at the time. Um, I was hanging out with her, and she was finishing up a project that I was actually acting in, and it was. Uh, it, was day one we're going back to the set the following day she was looking at dailies and trying to do an assembly cut and uh she screamed at me from the head of the room i thought she she was dying you know i thought i thought somebody broke into i honestly thought somebody broke into the apartment and you know and i was have to fight somebody um uh you know get it out the um uh, i ran what's what's going on what's going on the look at this bullshit and and she hit her fucking space bar really hard and everything else <laughs> and and I and, she, she, and it's her computer and it's I you know what okay uh, and the slate the slate came in into the shot action marker take whatever da 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 clear and everything else um uh, action and then um uh, and then I went right into my fucking dialogue and everything else right into whatever the hell I was doing and everything else. <laughs> you see anything? And then she hit the space bar again. You see anything wrong with this? No. The um, my performance bad. What's up? And anything else? And she's like, she's like, you need to wait at least two seconds. Do you have any idea how fucking hard this is gonna be to edit around this? You look like an asshole. I'm just gonna point out, it's actually not that hard. It's just a little inconvenient. Like realistically, you just gotta nudge some bars together, and it's just like okay, that's where everything starts. Yada yada yada. It, fade in there, drop that there, and then bam, you're good. It's realistically not that hard, but it is an it, annoying inconvenience. I, I have a feeling that there were several other editing problems that were going on, and that just was the final straw. So then, she's the, like, oh, I could scream at this one, Mark, get the fuck in here. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. It, 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 so. It, it, so do your part to make sure that your editors, you know, have less things to deal with because they already have twenty things, twenty problems. There's plenty of fix my, fix my fuck ups going on in in the editing world. So don't make one more thing doing that. And then also the last thing I was give them say, options, shoot an appropriate amount of coverage. Sure, all that's appropriate. Yep, you were absolutely correct. 
And the other, and the other thing is too is I, I'm hearing a common theme that that's going through this, and I think it's super important, but it doesn't go in a lot of detail. Make sure all your paperwork is together. Make sure your contracts are together. You clearly specify. Brandon's eyes are getting wide. Contracts uh, are very important. Read them. Read them. Read them, and then and then write, write them. Agree to them. You know. And, and if somebody says we don't need contracts, then run. you're already walking away. <laughs> yeah. Run. You run, are run, walking run. away. Te- technically, there is a project that since it was shot on my camera and I was the one operating the camera and I was the one pressing record. And because no contracts were actually given to me, even though I asked for them, legally speaking, and actually all the footage is on my hard drive and everything, and I was the one that edited it. Legally speaking, all that footage is mine. It is but it's, mine. it wasn't my project. But legal, like legally speaking, I could probably make an argument that it's all mine. <laughs> which is which is crazy. he never signed the law of binding agreement. The uh, so that's the biggest thing I know it, and nobody likes to have these conversations. They you know they're awkward, especially for newcomers and beginners. Do not be timid and everything else. Do not be timid about asking questions about what you're doing and what you're getting involved yeah. in because there because there may be legal repercussions and safety repercussions. And not just legal and safety, but also contracts put everybody on the same page Correct. and that's how you avoid fights later on Correct. Yeah. like there have been projects that I was told was, were going to be one thing and then I'm on there the day of and we would actually have in-depth discussions about it but then I'd arrive there and there would be nothing like what we said there would be things just added on last minute that I, would, I if I were given the time to prep for I would have prepped for and it's ugh. well there's that and then there's the lack thereof yeah. So. So yeah, contracts are, are extremely important. I know that that it can be intimidating to have that. It, it, have producers around you. Have people you trust. Make friends with people that are in the industry that you actually trust. Um, read, um, and you know what, and also you know talk to an attorney. You know if necessary. Um, I mean, most of these people aren't probably going to be able to get that much off this. Correct. The, the most important thing, especially if you're just getting started, ask all the questions you can think of. Correct. Yeah. You know, find out every little bit if of If you're not sure about something, ask the producer or the director or whoever is the one hiring you. Um, you know... And if anybody balks at a legitimate question, like, there, there really is no such thing as a stupid question. But well, if somebody treats it like a stupid question, that's a red flag. Yeah, like, you ask what type of footage are you working with. You don't need to worry about that. You're the goddamn editor. You need to know what type of footage you're working with. Correct. And Do it, you have a proper hard drive that is formatted to the device that I need? What type, all right, am I getting paid? All these things, am I doing visual effects? Am I doing sound design? Am I doing editing? Am I doing color grading? What What am I doing specifically? Because, do you have a confirmed Or base? ask it as, what, do you, what are you expecting to he, get out of my work? I was going to say another problem is a lot of these people don't know what job is what. Yeah. When they when they hear editor, they think they get the whole package. That is not how this job works, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you can get an editor that does both sound and color correcting and everything else after that. But that isn't inherently part of editing. No. This, that, this that, is the reason. Editing is just piecing the footage together for the most part and yeah. doing basic sound assembly. Sound designers... Design the sound. Visual effects people do the visual effects. Color graders do the goddamn color grading. I, th- I think there's a common misconception between people here post-production and like, oh, that's editing. That's not just editing. That's Yes, it is editing, 
but there's a lot more involved in post production yeah. and everything else. There's you know, I, that's that's like saying that that production is just acting, or just click camera, click camera, yeah. or or pre production is just writing. It's not. It's a it, actually uh, writing technically pre pre production, but you know, a, or location scouts is just pre production. No, there's They're a tremendous much. amount more things that are involved. We talk. If you don't believe us, watch our, uh, listen to our other podcasts. We'll tell you all about it. Yep. The um, uh, but that's the biggest thing is you know ask questions. Um, uh, in if anybody scoffs at you and everything else, it, it, not only is that a red flag for your Ill, illegitimacy, it's also showing a lack of respect. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, there should be a basic respect that goes on and you should be able to respect other people. And if somebody, you know, if you ask a question, you know, a legitimate question, and, and in fact, there is no stupid questions, but especially if you ask a really good one and somebody says, oh, don't worry about that. Or, oh, why would you ask that? It's like, I need to ask Don't that. worry about it is a big red flag. Ooh, yeah. If that, you that's ever hear don't word. worry about it, then you really need to worry about it. Single worst response uh, uh, yeah. The only people I'm allowed... Or, you'll be fine, or it's totally safe. Um, it's going to be great. Unless, you, like... One of my favorite... This this was a recent one, and I thought this was hilarious. Hey, that guitar wasn't in that last shot. Should we worry about that? Nah, don't worry about it. The um, I was waiting for the words, we'll fix it in post to happen. <laughs> The the only or I mean there have been there has been a set before I was on where um, an actress was supposed to fall like she's chained to something doesn't realize she is she tries to walk she falls and it's like a concrete floor no gym mat or anything for the actress and she's asking like how are we gonna do this oh just just pretend to fall you'll be fine and she was so uncomfortable I wonder why it's it's extremely not so it's like so I, yeah and it's that's the kind of oh it'll be fine that you should be wary of. there's only two people in this in this whole world in that industry that i trust when it when they say don't worry about it or we got it everything else we'll fix it and the two people are sitting right next right the fuck next to me yep. and that and that is oh like for, for, for a stunt like that if there was like an actual professional stunt person coordinating it Correct. and they said it will be fine I would believe them. Yeah. Some, but from some, the stunt person, yeah. though. But, but from, from some kid who this is his student project, oh, it'll be fine. No. No. And you know what? And, and also, too, that it, that the stunt person is hours and hours and certifications and certifications of different things. I have friends who are stunt people. And also, too, the reason I say is is the other two people that I trust when I say it's fine, this is also the product of hours of filmmaking. That I already have already seen this, so there doesn't need to be a fucking dialogue. And there, you will get to that point where you do have people that you work with on a regular basis. But I don't honestly don't think that that that's ever been uh, something that's been uttered. And if it is, it's been extremely rare. Most of the time, we're really good at explaining things to each other. Um, if if not, we've already we've already done it. I'm like, oh, it's that one thing we talked about already. So you know, you need to either insanely trust that person. Or they need to have had a dialogue with you beforehand about how this is going to go. But yes, they typically the words "don't worry about it" or "we'll fix it later" or or a scoff or whatever. Or that's not ooh ooh my favorite. That's not your department. The uh, that, that's not that what one, you do. 
that one that one's more justified than the others, but again, it that also just kind of shows. There are some it's... questions where I would not take that as an answer, though. Yeah, yeah, I, I you wouldn't, but yeah. you're you. The um... like if I ask something about the production design, well, I mean, I'm the one photographing it, so. It is my department. It concerns my department. I was going to say, department. on a set like ours that's small and stuff, if you use that, you're just a dick. But on like big set and stuff like that, then big that's different. much more justified. It's just like, that's not your department. Don't worry about it. The um, uh, Yeah. But that's but I think most of the people that listen to this are on smaller sets. Oh, absolutely. Else. So, the, um, so, yeah, that's... I think that's the, the two cents about about contracts and everything else. Zach, did you have anything else that you wanted to add about that process? Be very picky about who you choose. Don't go for any job. It'll be your worst damn nightmare. If you get a bad feeling about someone, trust your gut. But I, yeah, the, you know what? I, I, let's let's cut the cut to the chase, folks. Unfortunately, there's a lot of fucking bullshit in our in our industry. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who are cons, charlatans, people who pretend that they have talent when they don't. People who say, "Oh, I know this person," or "I have this hookup," or "I have this funding," or "I know this person." It's a lot of fucking talk. Um, yeah. And then also, there's a lot of people that are just nuts that want to be famous. Um, I, the, um, uh, I've had my share of those run-ins, too. Yeah, yeah. Those Zach, goddamn Zach, Oscar bait-making motherfuckers. Oh, those aren't even the ones I'm talking about. Yeah, Zach, no, they're the ones Zach, I'm referring to. Zach, were you there when we, when we went to, uh, uh, when, we had that, when we had that whole big comedy event? Um, we went out with that, well, all the boys um, to go to that comedy event and everything else. With no, um, I went to the second one, but that was, the, the, yeah, that was just. What was it at Improv Olympics or was it at um, Second City? Uh, what's the one on Belmont? Where that is um, the one where we hosted our auditions. Oh, that's um, that's I, the annoyance. Yeah, I went to that one. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, that. <laughs> The, the one the one at at um at, um at Improv Olympics um or IO was insane like people that were there like they had an open forum for people who were in like Chicago PD and everything else mm-hmm. this one kid gets up and he's he's one of those like world class extras and he gets in this tirade and everything else about how like he um uh, uh like he's like, how do I get connections and how do I like meet people? Like, and then he finally breaks down halfway through it, and he's like, and he's like, I just really want to be famous. Like, I just really want to be in the show business business because I think it's awesome. And he just and and, and and everybody went, Ugh. I think everyone like they. I wasn't these, even there, and I'm just sitting. These, just these like, oh my chairs, God, no. these chairs were all bolted in. I'm pretty sure that everybody moved the bolted in chairs away from this guy. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot of like people who are who really are just desperate, desperate, and they want to be famous, like because it will fulfill some hole in, was, their, in their life. Thankfully, at least in Chicago, I I can only imagine what the fuck LA is like. At least in Chicago, I when it comes to actors, I've never had that before. Good, and good. I am so glad. Yeah, you're so lucky. You have no idea. Oh, if I, I I don't know how I'd react. I don't know if I'd be amazed, astounded, or entirely pissed off and want to strangle the guy. I'm gonna go with the third one for you. Um, <laughs> I, the um, I'm not encouraging it, but I'm just go, I'm just know what, what who Zach is. Um, Do not strangle your potential actors. <laughs> I can't Unless believe they act like that. I can't believe we're, we're reminding people of that, but yeah, don't do that. 
Um, Don't do violence. It's bad. Zach Zach has has been extremely lucky with the actors that he has worked with. I know for a fact that Brandon has had actors on, on projects that he's worked on that have not been good. I sure as shit have not. I'm just taking a guess. I don't know. I don't. Have you ever had really poor actors? That have, have you ever casted anyone for, for my like, own work? Yes. No. But I don't but think I've ever had any bad actors. But but no, never on anything you shot before. Somebody else's project. Somebody else's project. Yeah. Okay. Somebody um, else's project. I've seen bad actors before. Nobody over the top. Granted, I have heard some horror stories like uh, one uh senior film um. Out of, uh, well, I'll go into that later. Anyways, continue. I've been really lucky, at least. As far as my own work goes, I don't think I've ever... Ha- I'm Actually, I've really worked with more actresses than male actors. Um, and I've been blown away by the ones I've worked with. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever had a bad director-actor relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So every actor, actress I've ever worked with, at least personally on my sets, have been great. M- most of my issues have been with crew rather than yeah, yeah, we've had, have that too. Crew that, yeah, but um, I've been on sets where the actors haven't been the greatest. You know, they're a little reluctant to do things, or their you know talent just isn't there. But that's really the worst case for at least onset experience I have. Now I have heard a horror story where a friend of mine, um, it was his first senior set. And this was the type of actress who was so stuck up and self-centered that she demanded somebody wipe her own ass. Was this the vampire? Yep. Yeah. Wow. I I couldn't believe that story when I heard it. Uh, like, I can't believe it and you're telling it to me. It's like... There, yeah, it was because she had like a really expensive manicure or something like that. Something stupid. She was more than... I hear the husband was just fine. If anything, I don't know. Either way, this woman was insane, supposedly. Like, if anybody ever told me to do that... The, I mean, like that's that's insane. Yeah, it's, like that's insane and you, disgusting. You don't fucking do that, especially in a student film. Yeah, like who the hell do you think you're? You're not even union. Or you ever. can't do that. Or ever. No, you don't do it ever. But I'm just saying, it's like you're not even union. Where do you get off? The um, like seriously. Yeah, I can't. I can't even. Um, I've had I've had some I've worked with some wonderful actors, man. But I've worked with some people, man, who who can't act their way out of a paper bag. Uh, I mean, it's one thing for people who can't act that I've had like uh, that I've done before. But it's like I've never dealt with a complete asshole. Actor I've I've actress. dealt I've dealt with a fair share. I've had people complain because they were told that 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 they were going to leave at this time on a, on a film set. And and then they said, "Well, I have to leave at this time and everything." And I'm like, "That just doesn't happen on a fucking film set. Like, we try to get out at that time and everything else, but that's just not how this works at all. It's never worked like that." And and that was not her her particular prerogative. She said, "I have work in the morning and I need this many hours of sleep." I'm like, "You're in you're in film. Like, they don't we don't sleep." I was yeah. gonna say, I mean, what. When it comes to lower films and stuff like this, yeah, that's justified. But when you get into a big budget film set where they're paying you millions, I mean, granted, you're going to get overtime for that. And you're going to get a lot of money, but still, it's like, be ready to work ungodly hours no matter what, especially if you want to make this your freaking career. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. A, any, any department, you're an actor, actress, camera, just a crew, you're, you're gonna, doesn't matter. You're going to work shit hours. You're going to work 
like that's the biggest thing about about film, especially for people that are involved in the production side of it um, and everything else. You work intense hours for a, for a short burst of time, and then you take a break. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then that's that's how it works. It's almost like the people who work for six months and then take the other six months a year off. So like it's very similar to that, except even more truncated. So uh, don't be an ass. To any crew or actors. We, we pretty much say this all the damn time. Be respectful. Don't be a dick. Yeah, really just don't be a dick. Yeah, don't be Chad. Who's Chad? It's a joke from Friday the 13th. There's a trophy where if you escape on a multi-person vehicle by yourself, you get the trophy. Chad's a dick. Okay. I approve. I approve. And <laughs> I approve of this message. Friday the 13th is such an awesome game. The um, So, yeah, that's that's our biggest thing. So... Um, any last minute uh, um, production uh, things when it comes to uh, contracts, editing, don't be in a dick. Um, squirrels. That too. Be man. More information is always better than less information. The more you know. It's, two rainbows. It's really fucking true. It's not even a joke. It's really true. And and I and I got to reiterate this again and everything else. You're all. It, don't be in this industry if you don't love it. That too. Please don't do it. You're doing a disservice to yourself. You're doing a disservice to everybody around you and everything else. There's no, first of all, there's no guarantee of fame, first of all, at all. There's like, this is a big fucking gamble. You know, it, a lot of this is luck, is being in the right place at the right time. You work your ass off and you hope that it, that it ends up in the right place, um, which I have every confidence that will. But, you know, but you need that love and that passion of, of, of this to get through those hard times. Because otherwise you'll burn yourself out. And even if you get famous uh, you know, uh, and everything else, and it's not your passion, that will not satisfy you. It, you'll, you'll burn out. You'll got, there's plenty of horror stories of celebrities that got famous and, and then died of drug overdoses and shit. Because they were just unfulfilled. So I, I, you know, don't get in this industry. Don't get into the entertainment artistic industry if if it's not your passion and your love. It's my biggest piece of advice. Doing it for money and fame is one of the dumbest reasons you could ever get into this business. Yeah, there's plenty of other things you can do for money. Trust me. Yeah, that are probably a lot easier. Oh my God, so much easier. You know, taking on a trade is not a bad idea. No, it's not. I, I'm in sales, man. It's it, it that's that shit's easier than this. The uh, but I but I Be love a blacksmith. It. It's awesome, and you make money, and you make swords. Exactly. Damn, that's a good point. Or axes. That too. No, swords are awesome. Both are awesome. Have you seen the axe from Mandy? Fair enough. <laughs> you win this round, sir. The uh, so I think, the gentlemen, I think that's it. Any any last minute thoughts about anything in the podcast at all? Squirrels. I already gave mine. Cool. Uh, so um, we're going to close it out and everything else. Hey, everybody, please, 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 please um, uh, give us a like and subscribe. Uh, we are on all of the main social medias, uh, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, Instagram. All at Living Nightmares Official. And, of course, the podcast is now on Spotify in addition to our usual YouTube uploads. We're also on Anchor as well. Um and yeah, uh, give us a like and a share. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And then, of course, thank you all very much for everybody that is listening. We appreciate and love you all. Uh, and then uh, you all have a good evening. This has been the Nightmare Podcast. Good night, Nightmares. <laughs>